You think I should do like a, a news anchor uh, intro uh, since uh, our episode, uh, our, our gaming is our gaming news? Hell yeah, let's do it. Da-da, 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 da-da. <laughs> like old <laughs> Well, you, you got to do the music. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. You could even just do like a. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no. You gotta do I don't even know what it was like. Wait, what was it? Like you can just like a just a real quick splash like a do 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 do. Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. And welcome to tonight's edition of the 8-Bit Suplex on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. With you now, uh, I am uh, Josh McLaughlin and my co-anchor tonight and most nights, Sandy Caveria. Sandy, how are you this lovely Thursday evening on October 22nd, 2020? Hello, Josh. Sandy here and our audience. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a very new special edition of the news today. Uh, hopefully, you guys will be able to follow along. We have some very uh, interesting ground-breaking news for you, as well as an overview of the previous Impact episode. Hope you guys will be with us. Yes, and How real quick, uh, I mean, that was pretty <laughs> great. I mean, the camera's rolling, so we'll just, you know what, Sandy, just leave it in. <laughs> we're just, we're just going to leave it in. <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, I mean... Uh, Thanks, everyone, for tuning back in for another episode of the 8-Bit Suplex uh, on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, we do have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we have a, a, you know, it's kind of a, a, I wouldn't say dead period for gaming. There's not a lot of new stuff coming out right now as we're waiting for the next console releases. Uh, so, but we do have some cool news items that are coming uh, your way uh, after we talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling. Uh, of course, it is Impact Wrestling's biggest week of the year, Sandy. We had our go-home show for Bound for Glory, and uh, we had Talk and Shop Full Cake. Did you get a chance to watch that, Sandy? Oh, I did not. You're going to have to catch us up on that. Well, I definitely would if I had watched it, but I did not either. I did not. <laughs> oh, I did, no. I, You're going to put me on the spot like that? Like, oh, you, you can handle that segment. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. No, I, I uh, ran out of time. Rats. Darn. How could I miss Darn. such a, an amazing spectacle of – Free television that was the uh, Good Brothers Taco Shop full cake. Uh, we'll get over <laughs> it, I'm sure, by the end of this episode. Um, but yeah, yeah, we have our preview, of course, for Bound for Glory. We've uh, we have our full card shaped up now, ready to go. I'm excited for it. Um, you know what's funny, Sandy? Uh, I talked about uh, with my kids that we might be having some people over, and they said, "Well, who's coming over?" And I said, uh, "You know, you know, probably you know, Miss Sandy's going to come over with Logan, and you know, Uncle Zach's going to come over." Uncle Zach didn't matter as soon as I said Miss Sandy's coming over. And Nolan immediately said, how many days? So since Sunday, he's been <laughs> counting down the days. He'll wake up and go, oh, Daddy, 
four more days until Miss Sandy comes over. <laughs> Every yeah, single my day. God. <laughs> that is so cute. I love your kids. I can't wait to see them. I know, and we'll have to make sure that we have some cookies ready to go to and, and that they don't eat all of them first uh, for more reasons than one. More reasons than one because uh, they they will be bouncing off the walls because uh, Colleen's, cooker, Colleen's cookies don't pull the punch uh, whatsoever on, on the, the uh, sweet end. Um, but so, like I said, huge week of Impact Wrestling. Sandy, what did you think of the go-home show here? Huge. Well, the, the go home show itself, it was very promo heavy, not a yep. lot of action. We pretty much have had the card build out for what seems like a few weeks already. Yep. We pretty much knew in concrete what the matches are going to be last week. So this is kind of like a one last hurrah, get those promos in, get those, you know, that back and forth in. Like I said, not very promo heavy, very video package heavy, and a lot of the action and the action that we are seeing is action that we've seen for the previous weeks as we build up to Bountiful Glory. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not my favorite episode in the world. Like I said, it felt to me it felt like it dragged a little bit, but it's but just like I said, it's just because we already know the destination. Let's just like we're ready. We're let's get there. Saturday, let's go. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I I share that sentiment. And I can't imagine the people that watched the Go Home Show for Impact and then kept it on Access TV and watched uh full keg immediately following uh that just seems like just so much to watch oh, of, of of what is not a whole lot like you said of action leading into bound for glory uh we did have a stipulation handed out for bound for glory and that's what we'll touch on first here uh if you recall from last week we had our uh five on five ten man tag team match uh to determine um, who would face off in the five-way match this week um, to see who would enter the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match at number 20 and who would enter at number one. And, of course, we have that five-way, which was the winning team from last week, of Heath, Cousin Jake, Hernandez, Alicia, and Rhino. Uh, Sandy, why don't you take us through this opening match here? Um, because I only have two real notes, uh, and I, I'm hoping you have a little bit more to say about it, uh, but I don't know that you do because it wasn't a very long match. It really wasn't. It was very slow to start. Just kind of felt a little convoluted. It was just kind of like, all right, it was, you know, everyone knows their spots and what they're supposed to do. It didn't feel very organic, right. uh, I guess, is what the, what the main thing that I can say about it. But we have, to start, we have Alicia um, Edwards. She comes, comes in hot, shoving all of the men, saying, do you take me seriously? You don't take me seriously. So shoving them, right? Yep. Every single one of them. And lastly, she gets in Hernandez's face and just shoves him. He doesn't even move. He has this shit-eating green on his face, mm. and he just grabs her, picks her up, and places her on top of the turnbuckle. Me, as a woman, would have been so pissed. I would have immediately just been like, ah, um, yeah. for not taking her seriously. But right. she just kind of sat there and was kind of like pouty, like, mm, nobody took me seriously. So it was cute, her cute little face there. Um, she she stayed on top of that turnbuckle, and then when somebody I forget who I think it was Heath who made it to that turnbuckle. Right. Yeah, it was Heath. And she just yeah, and then she goes in for a rear naked show, so she's just on his back. So the spots with Alicia, you know, they were they were there, and I feel like they did good putting her in a position where hey, it's a small female against these other four dudes, and I feel like the spots that they put her in made sense to how we got to the finish, um, which was. <laughs> He accidentally took a gore from Rhino at the end, and Hernandez, oh my gosh, she ate that. Hernandez then schoolboys Rhino, 
and he will be the number 20th entrant in the Call Your Shot gauntlet, while Rhino enters on number one, which, yeah. as you recall, viewers, the stipulation with Heath and Rhino here is that if neither of them win, Rhino loses his impact contract. On the other hand, if either of them wins, Heath gets a contract with impact. So very interesting. Now we have Rhino in at number one. If he's out, which is a high probability, then Heath needs to do the work. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they stick Heath in in that lineup now, right? Because mm -hmm. we know for sure, like you said, Rhino's number one because of the stipulation. And I don't know how long the Call Your Shot gauntlet match is going to go. But he, Rhino can't work more than a 10-minute match. So I, I can't mm -hmm. imagine that he's going to be in there for the long haul. Um, and you know what? We may even see some kind of heel tendency out of Heath where Heath might take the chance to eliminate Rhino if he has the opportunity. So we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, like you said, Alicia was kind of the one that all the spots were placed around. And uh, mm -hmm. it was kind of designed to make her take bumps, but not hurt her. Um, okay. Although I will say that gore was pretty hard. Uh, Rhino didn't <laughs> pull any punches. And, and, you know, Rhino obviously knows uh, Alicia and Eddie, you know, going way back. So uh, for a very long time in impact. So I'm sure he knew what she could take. And, and she definitely oh, yeah. probably, she wanted him to do it. Uh, like she didn't, because if you want, I, I have a feeling, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, but if you take a spear or a gore and you don't, fully commit to it you have a greater chance of getting hurt oh yeah absolutely and you know what's so funny so that always looks so devastating i can't tell you how many times in practice someone's given me a spear and everyone literally like stops the match like sandy you okay and everyone's so concerned so i'm the only girl there <laughs> like 99 percent of the time and i just come up like yeah i'm good i love taking the bump from a spear i don't know what it is like the harder it is and the, the faster and the harder and the more contact to me it makes yeah. it easier for me to take my bump so I love it. Even though it looks devastating, like you just got killed. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's not bad at all. I love it. So I think she yeah. was good. <laughs> no, yeah. I, You know, obviously we know Alicia's been in this game a long time. She's fine. Um, and I thought it was funny, too, is what set up the gore was her smacking the taste out of Hernandez's mouth because he was going to get ready to do uh, I think his, he, it's a, his move, he calls it the border toss, where he, he picks you up and just kind of chucks you. Um, and he was going to oh, do that God. to Alicia and – uh, cousin Jake comes to the rescue and then he gets pulled out by Heath and then she smacks the taste out of Hernandez's mouth uh, with a pretty legit slap, uh, I might add. It was, oh my but god. But it spun Hernandez around so that he saw Rhino coming for the gore, so he sidestepped it. And then, of course, obviously, everyone stops what they're doing except for Hernandez, uh, worried about Alicia. And Hernandez gets his pin and, and uh, when this started, when they announced the stipulation and they gave us the tag match last week and how little Hernandez did last week, I didn't expect him to be the number 20 uh, entry here, but he is. <laughs> either. So he, to me, okay, don't know much about him. I love his look. If he was younger, maybe it would be a little bit, you know, more intriguing what his character is, I guess, his background, right. which we don't, I don't really know. Based on what we're watching here at Impact without me going further into his career, I don't know much about him, but I can just tell from seeing him. I was like, okay, he can't be in there for a very long time. I don't think, you know, we're, we're keeping it kind of slow and I really don't know much about him. Like, what yeah. do you think? Josh? I don't know. To me, he just didn't feel like, ah, God, it's really hard for me to kind of yeah. put the word on it. Well, we, we saw him do a little bit of work 
Um, and, and when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit because this match didn't even go five minutes bell to bell. Um, so, so the, the amount of effort that he put forth, um, I think he did a, a good job kind of getting a little bit physical. Uh, I think he did, uh, a toss that was decent, but yeah, I mean, well, and look, when you do a, a gauntlet match, like, you know, impact does where it's over the rope and then, you know, yada, yada, um, that protects a lot of workers. I mean, why do you think that all the legends come out for the Royal Rumble, right? Because it's an easy way to you get lost in a sea of fifteen guys, and all you gotta do is take one bump down to the bottom. Really, like you know, why did Hacksaw Jim Duggan come back when he was like sixty and couldn't walk? Because all he had to do was go over the top rope, and that was the end of his night, right? Yep. Bob Backlund did it. You know, you know what I mean. I'm just saying, Hernandez can he can hide in there at number twenty, especially, um, and you know, make an impact. You know, no pun intended. Uh, maybe get a, you know, a couple eliminations and then, you know, just kind of go from there. But, um, anyway, I mean, we've talked about this match longer than it lasted. Uh, so I think we I, can move I on. was just about to say, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. We're really dissecting this like five minute nothing. Oh yeah. We're, gosh. we're really, we're really being marks right now, Sandy, about this. So I think we can move <laughs> on. <laughs> um, Let's move it along. Yes. And I didn't take a whole lot of notes, uh, on the video packages and things. Um, a lot of the backstage stuff, just because I, I think we kind of made the conscious effort last week to not spend as much time on it. Um, and then this week I felt like there's really only maybe two things that I want to talk about from behind stage. Um, and the first thing is what I believe we get in between this match and, and the next match was the Diana Perrazzo uh, vignette that we got with her uh, kind of uh, talking about, you know, being the virtuosa and, and kind of, uh, setting up the uh, the match for th- her and Kylie Ray. Oh, absolutely. She, Deanna absolutely killed it with her promo. I thought it was very uh, well articulated. She, like you mentioned, she goes into what her character is, what the virtuosa actually means, what, what she's trying to do, saying that, hey, if you want to, the, the best women's wrestlers are have always been in the impact knockouts division and that's why she came here and that's why she's the champion right. um so she oh man and she kind of goes into how unstable kylie is getting you know how she says that she has all these values but she completely snapped on kimberly um during that interview she we, she kind of let kimberly and diana get into her head and that kind of shows her instability mm-hmm. um and of course, she's talking about how Kylie Ray, she's just over here, all smiles, all, you know, hope and faith, but that doesn't get you anywhere. I thought it was excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, it. really good promo work. And we'll touch on Kylie Ray's response to that uh, in a little bit. Uh, but I did want to call that out. I don't think there was anything else backstage between these two matches that are worth mentioning, uh, unless you've got something that you want to point out. Uh, no, so we, I, I think it's it's worth noting the uh, Jimmy Jacobs interview with Moose, not because of the actual Moose interview, because Moose was just said he's just not happy. He just yells and right. leaves like 20 seconds into it, if that. But then uh, Jimmy Jacobs actually gets kidnapped by three guys wearing EC3 hoodies. So then we'll see the follow up on that later on in the show. And that was interesting. Right. It's like, what the heck is happening yeah. now? So. That, was, that was a little bit more of an interesting thing. And, and you're right. We will talk a little bit more about that. Uh, later on, I, I did actually, I believe I wrote something down about that. Um, just because it was a little bit different um, from what we've seen. Um, but the next matchup um, is, well, it's a match that happened. Uh, we knew it was <laughs> going to happen this week. It was teased last week. And it is uh, Rosemary 
and Havoc with the stipulation that if Rosemary were to win, Havoc would have to help her bring back from the undead realm Father John Mitchell to officiate Rosemary and Johnny Bravo's wedding. Um, that's a real sentence I just said. It's a lot to digest. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Um, we are just so completely baffled because we just started watching Impact regularly. Who knows what the hell happened yeah, before? Yeah. I don't, I don't. I, I don't have the time to go back necessarily and watch it either. No. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, it happened. Uh, I didn't think it was a very good match. Uh, it only goes three and a half minutes long. It's not really, you know, it was only a matter of time. And I think it was two spears and Rosemary gets the win uh, over Havoc. Rosemary, of course, know. normally does a different move as a finisher, but because of the size discrepancy, uh, much safer route to go with the two spears. Yep, and like I said, very quick, straight to the point. It was it was there, part of that whole wrestle house wedding segment with Rosemary and Johnny Bravo, which we'll see the wedding, the episode after Bountiful Glory, correct? Yep, we'll see that next Tuesday. Okay. Mm-hmm. There we go. So we'll follow up on uh, Father Mitchell then and how he comes back from the dead. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> right, and if he does, I, I mean, who knows? So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, and then of course we, we hear mm-hmm. on, on commentary that Madison Rain is not going to be attending the wedding because she wasn't going to anyways, but having uh, Father John Mitchell back, she's definitely not going to attend. Yep. I can't blame well, her. I can't blame her. I'm not going to that <laughs> wedding either, Sam. Especially in these times, then, not worth the risk. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. So, but after this, uh, we have the uh, aforementioned uh, Kylie Ray video. Um, I'll let you share your thoughts first. So, I feel like Deanna was a little bit more impactful in her promo. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Kylie absolutely killed it, too. You know, she she's kind of, it's that, that rebuttal against what Deanna was, was saying. And she she met, she said, hey, yeah, I did, I did kind of snap and my emotions kind of got the best of me, but she doesn't want to just show people that she's a champion. She wants to be a champion. So when she uh, wins the title, she wants to be the inspiration for a little girl that watches from home or a little girl that could have been ringside and says, hey, she's cool. She's a new champion. I want to be just like her. And, and you know, I feel like that's what's so lovable and attractable to, to Kylie Ray. It's, it's right. that character of like, hey, she makes us believe. She gives us hope and faith, which... Deanna just completely shit on hope and faith, but <laughs> we still have the hope and faith for Kylie. Damn it. I love her. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So I thought for me, this was a better promo than Deanna's because I had more emotion. way more emotion. And, and I've, you know, and you can attest to this. I've been pretty critical of, of Kylie's promo abilities. Um, She's improved a ton. so much. This, this, this run with Deanna has just, bumped her up even that much more and the conviction with what she was saying things the the presence the the you know the kind of unsettling quivering that she kind of did in her chair like the the tears welled up in her eyes everything you know it just felt like it didn't feel like you were watching a wrestling character you felt like you were watching someone literally relive the horrors of watching their best friend get their arm snapped in front of them and how much that impacted them um and I I loved it. If you did, if you missed this uh, promo, uh, both of them really by both women, 
I definitely make sure that you go out of your way uh, before watching Bound for Glory to get that full um, that full feel going into that match. I'm sure if you watch the pre-show on Access, I'll probably show both. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, if you're not going to watch the pre-show on Access, uh, like I'm, I don't know if we're going to or not, just because finding Access is more difficult, and then switching from that to the Fight app and you know, you know yada yada. Um, but definitely, you know, check out those uh, promo packages because they are pretty awesome. Yeah, they absolutely nailed it. You know what? Now thinking back on it, you're reminding me of the emotion that she, the raw emotion that she showed. And you're absolutely right. It wasn't Kylie Ray the wrestler. It was Kylie the person who has been put through all this and is just set up and is just ready to 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 put up a fight and have faith and hope that she's going to be the next champion. And she believes in herself now. And she's angry too, but she more than anything. She wants to be the champion, and she's going to do her right. best to to be that. I, Deanna's worth kind of um, stuck to me more for some reason, but the emotion from Kylie did, it, it was weird. So yeah. I, I love them no, both, no. but they, they right. kind of impacted me in different ways. Yeah, they're, they're both very good. I feel like Deanna's probably sticks with you because it is a little bit more polished. It is a, mm-hmm. a little bit someone that's more uncomfortable, more much more comfortable in front of the mic, right? Um, she's used to you know cutting promos and doing these different things, and Kylie's just always been smiley Kylie, right? She just has, normally she just run out to the thing. She's got the Pokemon theme song blasting. She does her you know hands under her chin and smiles, and then you know Penguin slides into the ring, right? So, <laughs> uh, which I every time I, I chuckle every time she does the penguin slide into the ring and just sticks. Oh my god! Thank I you. think it's the funniest thing ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I I just I from the start of this podcast, which we're only on episode eleven, so just to go back a couple months ago to what Kylie Ray was putting out with promos, which were the very generic, you know, uh, word soup that you would see someone's like day one at NXT uh, doing promo practice to now cutting really raw, emotional promo videos. Night and day. Night and day. So, you know, kudos to her. Kudos to Deanna. Um, I think if if we didn't have the world title match buildup that we did, and we'll get into this later, I would think that that match would be the main event. Um, but it definitely should be the sub-main event. And if it goes on any earlier, I think that's that's the wrong call. Um, but um, I, I'm, I, I, would, I almost personally want it more as a main event than – Eric Young and Rich Swan, but I think that's what's going to end the show. But that's part of our preview for Bound for Glory, so stick around for that. Anywho, uh, you want to talk about that EC3 promo somehow? Yes. Yeah, so we we are we go back to what's going on here with Jimmy Jacobs. He's actually taken um, by now two guys. I don't know where the third guy went. Uh, to a shipping facility. I guess maybe it could have been easy for him. He got taken to a shipping and receiving facility, we see. And out of nowhere, EC3 gets up on his face, sits down, and confronts him. You know, I think it's really cool. EC3's face is all busted up from last week's confrontation with Moose. He got the hell beat out of him. His left eye is just a, a bruised up mess. Um, EC3 has been so great in these videos and promos, even from before he started doing them in Fort Impact, when he was doing it just by himself after he got freed from the machine that is WWE. Right. Um, one thing I didn't understand, you know, it's the same thing he's been telling us over and over about, you know, being in charge of your narrative, controlling your own narrative. And that's, he's kind of doing that in, in, in regards to Moose and saying that he, that he sees that change in Moose after all of this is happening. 
But what I didn't get, maybe I missed something. It's like, why is he saying all these things to Jimmy Jacobs, though? Like, at the very end, he, he finally addresses Moose. But, like, the entire time, he's just kind of confronting Jimmy Jacobs. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing you? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it was kind of, a, you know, because I, I think we're seeing that EC3 is not as put together as he's supposed to be, right? Like, he's, he's acting like Moose is the crazy one. And uh, it turns out maybe they both are, right? Because he is definitely laying into Jimmy Jacobs quite a bit. And then uh, kudos to their makeup person because that was a very believable uh, black eye face. It was. Uh, on EC3, not Jimmy Jacobs. No, can't, <laughs> can't touch that pretty face. Um, but yeah, no, EC3, I mean, I, I, it's going to be strange to see what that match is. I still don't know what it's going to be. I mean, I... Mm. Is it going to be shot the same way that all the Moose Chronicles have been shot? Or is it going to be shot like, you know, a wrestling match in the middle of the woods? Who knows? Who the hell knows? I guess we'll see on Saturday. But I guess Moose will. Chronicles will come to an end because didn't EC3 make his uh, Ring of Honor debut he, at the taping? He did. And I didn't get a chance to watch it. Now, I, I know that this has been rumored for a while that EC3 was going to be showing up in ROH. I don't know what kind of relationship ROH has right now with Impact. I don't know what kind of contract situation EC3 is in. Uh, I know Deanna was just announced this week that she signed a long-term contract finally with Impact. This whole time she's been oh. on a per date you know, uh, deal. Um, so uh, take that with what you will about you know, what you think is going to happen Saturday. But with EC3... And it seems like with, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson, probably with Deanna as well, uh, there seems to be some flexibility for working other dates and other shows um, as long as you're still showing up on Tuesday nights. It seems to be kind of the feel. Um, because, I mean, the Rascals, uh, Kylie, they've all been working, you know, Warrior Wrestling or The Collective, you know, different things like that uh, pretty frequently. Um, so I don't think I just know in, it's always different with them when it comes to TV on air yeah. things compared to independent shows. Sure. Right. But when it comes to actually TV shows, it's that's yeah. where it kind of gets tricky with the contracts and participation in different does. promotions. It does, you know, and, and we'll see, I mean, it could be, you know, some, some outs for working specifically with ROH because like, like I said, we have no idea what ROH's situation is right now. Really. They came mm-hmm. back with the pure tournament which had some New Japan guys in it. ROH, of course, historically has worked with New Japan, but so has Impact. So, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of, hey, listen, if they te- if they want to team up and, you know, have some wrestler sharing and, you know, especially even if you include New Japan once, you know, those borders are opening up, uh, listen, I'm all here for it. You know, the more oh, the better. Oh, yeah, me too. So uh, we'll move on from there, and we will go into the next match, um, which – unbelievably is the longest match of the night and it felt like the longest match of the night at times uh sandy and that's sammy callahan versus eddie edwards um (laughs) which is a preview of uh match saturday between eddie edwards and ken shamrock which i did not know was happening until i watched this episode really i thought they announced it last week or maybe i'm just making things up maybe they did i just i don't know (laughs) i hear ken shamrock that much (laughs) I hear Ken Shamrock and my brain shuts off. I don't know. It's not my fault. <laughs> you have an aneurysm like instantly. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh no! I thought so. Sammy can I like I mentioned so many times before. Eddie Edwards, the dude is underrated. He can go. Yes. He's solid. But to me, like he's just missing something. And I see him, and and even though I can see and I know how great he is in the ring, I'm just like, ah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, know what it is about him. I think both of those guys have a little bit of that right now, especially in this feud. Um, this feud is not doing anybody any favors, uh, really at all. And I know we don't like, know Eddie, why, yeah, we don't know why this is happening. Really. Right. And and to figure out why it's happening, you know, we'll have to see Kid Shamrock win a match over Eddie Edwards, who was literally just the world champion. Which I don't know. Oh. I, I, that doesn't feel right to me. But we'll get into that later. No. Um, but this match, I, and I actually wrote down, uh, you know, Sammy Callahan, good wrestler, bad character. Um, he struggled with that his whole career I feel he is someone that can work he can move around that ring very well for a man his size Um, he does he had like an exploder style throw that was pretty great Um, he had the suplex onto the ramp uh, to Eddie Edwards really good stuff Uh, and then the whole time he's screaming thumbs up thumbs down and then at the end of the match, he clicks a button on his smartphone, turns off the lights, lights turn back on, and there's Ken Shamrock to beat up Eddie Edwards. And it just, I just feel like he just he he buries himself with his own bad gimmick. Yeah, and you know what? I I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm being a little critical on the on the look of a wrestler, but that's that's a big thing for wrestlers is the way you look, the way you present yourself. Sammy Callahan just does not have a very like. It's appetizing the good, uh, the best word. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe like he doesn't have an, an uh, like, and I don't want to say attractive either because you can be ugly and be a wrestler. Right. There's just something about his look that just doesn't attract you to be like, man, that's my guy. And I even in like, NXT, even yeah. wherever he's wrestled. I feel like when you look at, at professional wrestling in 2020, right, there's room for people of all different, all different types of looks, right? More than I ever think- before. Uh, you know, we have uh, you definitely know, more than like the 80s, 90s. Way, way more. Right. It's not all just big buff dudes. Um, mm-hmm. We have, you know, some people are heavier. Some people are smaller. Some people are taller. Some people are shorter. You know, uh, we have uh, transgender wrestling, which was something that never happened uh, before. Um, we so have more intergender. We have, you know, all kinds of different wrestling. And, and really wrestling is more for everyone than ever. But I think with that, it comes with a little bit more of a pressure on yourself to make your character presentable even more. And I feel like that kind of just, you know, take a look at Sammy Callahan, who's a heavier set guy. Wears a shirt, but it's like a tactical vest zipped all the way up to his chin. And it looks terrible. And then you take Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is bigger than Sammy Callahan as far as his gut goes. But he wears his muscle shirt. He wears his gym shorts. And then he still does his good stuff, but he's presentable. And he he comes across, you can see his face. 90% of the time, you can't see Sammy Callahan's face because that vest is either zipped up too much or he's got his hat pulled all the way over his eyes. You got to be able to see the face. You got to connect. You got to connect with, you got to be able to connect. So, exactly. No, 100% agreed. There's just something I kind of like you talked about with, with Rosemary, you know, her gear. The, the makeup or entrance is cool, but man, that gear, we will not see much of her. It's, no, her makeup it sucks. is falling off, and it's just a, a it's not a, a 
I hate the tatters. I hate the, yeah, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. And like her gear is like, got like ring clasps along the bottom. So like, it's very distracting. Like it catches the lights and different things like that. You know, I've noticed like, listen, I'm not trying to look at anyone's, you know, like trunks or anything. Right. But when you have like, instead of just being a solid trunk and it's got rings, like as the, you know, I just look, just simple it up a little bit, switch to a regular trunk, just, just do it. Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, find, find a look that's, that you can still be in your character. Right. If you want, if, you know, if Sam McCallahan wants to do that hacker gimmick and I understand like, okay, if you play the game, video game, watchdogs, yo, your hacker has got his shirt, you know, up over his ears and he's got his hat pulled down low and his, you know, he's <laughs> I wearing you guys the, could see what Josh has did. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably better than they don't. Although this, the <laughs> recording program I use does record video. So if I ever feel the need, I can definitely go back and pull that screenshot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, he kind of looks like a turtle man, but not in a good way. Yeah, no, dude, I totally agree. It's, this is something. Oh, and then, of course, putting these two guys together. And I think the one, the one big thing for their feud is that incident that happened a couple of years ago. So I don't even know how long it was where right. Sammy hit the chair with the bat and it ricocheted and it busted up freaking Eddie Edwards face. Right. You know, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a weird pause in commentary when Josh was discussing that baseball bat chair incident. He started going into it and then it just got completely cut off. And there was like. There's some dead time. 30 seconds of silence. Yeah, some dead time in commentary. And then when he came back from it, they didn't go back to what he was saying. It was just like, all right, move on. So I thought that was really strange. I don't know if it was like some technical issues or if they were like, hey, you know, we don't want to discuss that. But like, if that's not the reason for this feud, then what freaking, what is? <laughs> right, yeah, I, I don't know. Out. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe we'll find out more. Maybe we won't. It seems like Sammy this this past few months has started stuff and then not been able to finish it. Um, yeah. For whatever reason. Um, but like I said, he's he's a good worker. I wish he presented himself a little bit differently, but, you know, uh, we'll take him how he is uh, anyways, and we'll still talk about him on, on this podcast. Um, <laughs> there we go. And I do being the positive ones on on the sh- on the show on on in the wrestling community. I guess you yeah. can say because there's a lot of negativity there. I do want to say these two have so much chemistry. They have great yeah. chemistry together. Whether that's from actually, I don't know what their personal lives. I don't know if they actually hate each other or if they're really good friends. But they have a chemistry in there. And by chemistry, I mean those two just beat the absolute hell out of each other. Um, yeah. We see Eddie give the blue thunderbomb to Sammy. Props on him for even getting him up the air and turning him around like that. Like that to me, just yeah. I don't even understand how gravity allows him to do that. Um, also, Sammy going in and he gave a power bomb to Eddie, which looked like he was actually going to go into like a power driver or something. Yeah. But what comes from that is that Eddie has such great control over his body. Like when he when he needs to jump, the dude can jump. He can oh, move yeah. that. He's, he's a little heavy set too. He really just is completely underrated. So it was when it actually came to the action, I w- I didn't think it was a long match. I really enjoyed it because like I said, those two can really go outside. I can, I can look past, you know, Hey, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way, I don't even like the way Eddie Edwards looks either. I hate those freaking shorts. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> so, listen, what's funny is he's, he's like Boston John Cena. 
except John Cena is also from Boston. So I can't even say he's oh, Boston no. John Cena. So, you know, I guess he's more of the Boston Boston character version of John Cena, uh, if you want to go that way. Uh, but they're it's both Massachusetts boys. <laughs> right. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, now you've but, completely ruined him for me, thanks. <laughs> well, listen, listen, I'm happy to say, and, I, and I'll defend John Cena every day of the week. Um, the wrestling industry could use John Cena right now. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Somebody could. I mean, WWE certainly could. Uh, have you seen their ratings lately? Not great. No. But, no. anywho, anywho, good match. <laughs> Sammy, Call- Sammy Callahan winds up getting the roll-up. We didn't even say who won yet. Uh, Sammy Callahan gets the roll-up uh, because Eddie is distracted by Ken. Um, and so we... We end that match uh, after a beat down. Uh, we move on, but you know, a little bit of Ken Shamrock twisting the ankle again. Uh, but you know, we know one thing about Eddie's uh, ankles and their recovery ability is that he can take a ankle lock on Tuesday, and it does not matter on Saturday, um, <laughs> as we learned head leading into Victory Road. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, bionic ankles, and we yeah, also right? know that Ken Shamrock's uh, good uh, leg day at the gym. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, we will we will talk about uh, Ken Shamrock and his skinny calves later, um, but we will move into. I believe we'll go right into the uh, six man tag match, which is a preview of the six pack challenge that's happening Saturday uh, for the X Division Championship. We have Willie Mack, TJP, and Trey Miguel versus the team of Chris Bay, Rohit Raju. And Jordan Grace, um, I thought this was the best match uh, on the card, and it is shorter than I thought it was. It's only five oh. and a half minutes long. I, I could have watched it for at least double that, if not triple that, and we might get that on Saturday, and that's probably why they didn't do it that way. Um, but a lot of good action here, Sandy. What'd you like out of this one? Oh, so good. The Jordan Spinebuster to Willie Mag. Yes. Big pop. I got out of my freaking chair, my couch. I was just like, oh, I love her. <laughs> yeah, I audibly said, holy shit, uh, sitting in my computer chair watching it because, man. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, kudos to Willie uh, for helping out, obviously. Jordan's oh, strong. Yeah. But Willie's a big boy. So you know he definitely was helping out with yeah. that spine buster to make it look as devastating as it did. And it looked it looked just as good as when she would do it to Tennille Dashwood as when she did it to Willie Mack. And that's a credit yeah. to both of them, uh, truthfully. Dude, it's crazy. For sure. He, he, man, he elevated himself for her. But I actually struggle with spine busters because doing that turn, the person posting on you, they're still putting their weight. Like, they're jumping right. out for you, but they're putting their weight on your back. And that, like, to me, man, gravity just wants to pull me to the freaking ground. When somebody does that, my feet, like, do not want to leave floor so i have a hard time doing the turn and actually completing the spine buster so you maybe won't see that in my uh my mindset but <laughs> i was like holy shit because willie mack is uh he's a big freaking boy and i don't care how strong and big jordan grace is that was fucking insane no it was oh, it, now it we was... have to add the freaking ma or explicit content <laughs> I, 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 I checked that box anyways uh just just in case <laughs> Because uh, I might not even remember saying one, uh, but uh, just in case, we always have that explicit box checked. So nobody <laughs> report us to Apple Podcasts or anything because we warned you. 
Ah, good. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and, and with that said, and the checkbox is checked, so I'll just go ahead and say, uh, fuck this, fuck that, fuck you, fuck me, uh, oh, fuck, no. fuck, fuck. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I had to spice it up a little bit. We earned our explicit check. Um, there we go. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, no, I will say this, uh, and I think you'll agree with me that, that Jordan Grace's spine buster of William Mack is the hashtag chef's kiss uh, moment of the night. Oh, uh, my God. Going, yeah, running, yes. running, running away with it. Um, and I also want to say, too, uh, I've been often critical of TJP for not selling uh, with his facial uh, expressions and moving. He sold for Jordan Grace. Um, oh, my and to, gosh, and, he did. I did not think he would. I did not either. And I thought that that's a, a testament both to how seriously he takes it um, and then also how much he respects her and how much all those guys really respect her uh, and her wrestling ability um, because, uh, you know, in, in in other worlds, uh, they would probably not sell uh, half as hard for her or any woman for that matter. But, you know, hats off to them for uh, really continuing the match structure and making it happen, right? Um, okay. I, I'm excited to see what else Jordan does on Saturday. Um, but <gasps> I can't wait. really good stuff here. Um, I don't I don't have anything negative to say about the match. It didn't no. last long enough for them to run out of things to do. Trey Miguel has always looked like a million bucks. Uh, Rahit Raju looked pretty good in spots. Uh, TJP, TJP, of course, uh, always, right? Always um, great. So, yeah, I mean. has such great chemistry. Like, when those two yes. go in there and it's like, holy shit, like, sparks just fly everywhere. Yeah, and there was the, the spot where TJP did his headstand in the corner uh, on the top turnbuckle. And then he went yeah. to. He went to Head Scissors, Chris Bay, I think it was. And then Rahit Raju grabbed him by the hands and they flipped him up and uh, kind of low blowed him with the knees. That was a pretty interesting move there. I, I don't know that I've seen that. And I don't know that anyone would attempt that besides TJP. Um, but pretty solid awesome. stuff. Yeah. I mean, really good stuff all around. That, I mean, that match is really shaping up, uh, I think, to be what is most likely the night, uh, the match of the night, just because. There's just, I mean, six awesome wrestlers uh, all at once. Yeah, it's a, it's it's gonna be blinking. You'll miss something good, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna be so uh, good. Yeah, and you know what? This next match uh, was a little bit of a disappointment to me here. Uh, with our main event, we have the Good Brothers versus the North, and we are both big fans of the North. Uh, both of us, uh, for opposite reasons. You for Ethan Page, me for Josh Alexander. Um, <laughs> but. You know, I, man, I, I wasn't really into the match. And then it, of course, ends in a no contest, um, which I absolutely like. They really don't want to beat the Good Brothers at all. But they also yeah. didn't want to beat the North leading into this match uh, for Saturday. Um, so, you know, it was okay. It had some good spots. Uh, I, I will say, you know, Gallows and Anderson are continuing to work hard. Anderson, uh, you know, tried to one-up Jordan Grace with the spine buster. Uh, of course, I don't know that he did in this night. Um, but, you know, nice to see good spine busters, always. Um, yeah, holy shit. His, his spine the elevation pretty, that beautiful. he's able to get on hands? Yeah, oh my gosh, there, the snap on it. I feel like Jordan Grace didn't have that snap because, I mean, can you blame her? The guy was fucking much larger than she is, but she was still able right. to get the little snappy in there. But, yeah, his... His snap on that turn and that coming down is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you put Carl Anderson on the short list for, for best spine buster, certainly. Um, for sure. 
But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It had some good, good action. Of course, all the tag teams come out afterwards and just start brawling because, you know, hey, this is professional wrestling and that's how we end our go-home shows. Uh, what do you think of uh, our main event here, Sandy? You got anything to add to it? No, I felt exactly how you just felt. It was, it wasn't a bad match at all. But you know, we we we've seen these teams go at it for weeks and weeks and weeks since mm-hmm. Slam Slammiversary. And since we started doing this podcast, I mean, that's pretty much around the time that we started our show. And right. we've seen them; they haven't gone against anyone else. They've it's only been them. And so we, we we're, we're we're ready for this blow off. We're ready to either get any cans or just have this, you know, feud be over between them. And so this kind of just felt like, oh, here we go, just one more. The North and the Good Brothers. Let's let's just do this. I wasn't surprised at all when this ended in a no contest. I was not surprised at all that Austin, Austin and uh, Fulton and the Motor City Machine Guns came out, and then it's a brawl. Of course, that's what it had to happen, especially when you have this many guys, many teams in one match right. for a couple of titles. Wasn't surprised at all, but like you said, it was just kind of like, all right, let's just let's just we're freaking ready for Bountiful Glory, man. Let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. And and it looked like too, and and I I would call this a little bit of a mild heel turn. Uh, but after the machine guns helped the Good Brothers clear the ring, uh, the Good Brothers, of course, turned on them. And uh, I believe it was uh, Alex Shelley takes the magic killer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no. No, Chris was Saban it Saban? It. Okay, so Chris Saban yeah, takes yeah. the magic killer. Um, I thought, you know, okay, we've been seeing kind of a baby face tweener out of uh, the Good Brothers. And, uh, you know, it looks like they might be a little bit uh, more of the Bad Brothers. Yep, that's exactly what we're seeing, so... Who, I mean, I guess after we'll go, we go through the preview, we'll, we'll get our predictions. What do you yep. think? I, yeah. yeah, you know what? I think that that ends that episode. Uh, that was the go-home episode. And we'll just jump right into um, the Bound for Glory card here. And I'm going to go um, in order of what impacts website lists, if that's good with you, Sandy. Um, and obviously, I think it'll uh, probably, you know um, – wind up we'll we'll the the matches will get more important as we go along um so yep. first up we have the call your shot gauntlet match two competitors start the match after a time interval of course another will enter the fray eliminations occur by throwing your opponent over the top rope process continues until there's only two competitors remaining the final two will compete in a singles match that can be won by pinfall or submission so, we have the first 10 participants announced uh, by Scott Demore, And that is going to be uh, Heath, Rhino, Hernandez, AC Romero, Larry D, Tennille Dashwood, Ty Valkyrie, Brian Myers, Tommy Dreamer, and Havoc. And there will be 10 more that we will not know who comes in uh, to be a part of. We already have three women announced there. We would probably get two more if I had to guess. Um, you know, I, I I think we're we might not see Alicia just because of storyline that she got taken out by Rhino by the Gore. Um, mm-hmm. But we might see like you know Akira Hogan or Tasha Steeles come in, maybe a Rosemary. You never know. Um, as far as the men go, not sure who else we're going to get here. Um, but I think uh, you probably share a similar sentiment with me here is that it's probably going to be Heath winning 
That's kind of my thought. Correct. That's exactly. I can't see it going any other way. Yeah, I think you know you when like we've said before, when you put a stipulation on a loser leaves town uh, kind of situation, and that person's still under contract for a while, um, they're not losing, you know. Yeah. Or they or they'll schmoz something else. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I suspect that Heath or Rhino will get the win. I don't suspect Rhino just because he's entering number one. Um, but uh, you know what? I didn't expect Hernandez to win that uh, stipulation. So maybe Rhino gets the last laugh and wins from number one. Who knows? We'll see. I know they'll have some some twists and turns. Hopefully some things to keep us on our toes and not have it be so predictable, which, like you said, it's kind of hard whenever they do these, you know, ultimatums in pro wrestling, especially when you know, like, hey, this guy's with the company or, you know, this and that. But um, I think it's a pretty safe bet that we'll see Heath win this one overall. We'll just have to wait to see, you know, how he gets there. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I'm i excited for it. I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, battle royals uh, in general. Anytime you listen, I'll watch one every single episode of wrestling. I don't care. The more wrestlers, <laughs> the better. Uh, you know, and we'll see if any you know surprise uh, participants come through. Uh, like uh, you know, we see in other uh, you know, even AEW has fallen uh, prey to the uh, surprise uh, entry um, in their Royal Rumble uh, Battle Royal type things. So you know, we'll see how it goes. Maybe our um, our special intro person Gil Kim makes an appearance. Who knew? Oh, maybe, maybe that would be great uh, if that happens. My money's on Gail Kim, of course. Uh, before we move on, I do want to make sure uh, if you've never, uh, if you're not familiar with the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match, the Call Your Shot goes to the winner, where they get to choose which title they challenge for. Uh, so they speculate okay, right. uh, that you know if Rhino or Heath wins, they might use the Call Your Shot challenge to challenge for the tag team titles. Um, or, you know, if, uh, one of the women win, you know, if Taya wins, she could call her shot for the knockouts championship. Uh, and obviously never count out Taya because she's Taya. That's, that's my dark horse. If it's not Heath the Rhino, maybe Taya, because I mean, why not? <laughs> she can go for the exhibition title too. She could, she could, mm-hmm. or she could challenge Rich Swan if Rich Swan wins okay. all kinds of different things. <laughs> I'd watch yeah. Taya and I'd watch Taya Valkyrie and, and Rich Swan, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> the next match, uh, and this is, I, I hate to call it a popcorn match, especially since it's the second match on the card. But for me, this is kind of my popcorn match, and oh, that's no. Eddie Edwards versus Ken Shamrock, accompanied to the ring by the aforementioned Sammy Callahan. Um, I don't mm. have much to preview here. It's going to be the shortest match on the card, uh, just because of I'm fingers crossed. Well, yes, <laughs> I would think because of Ken Shamrock's limited ability at his age, um, because he's about a hundred years old now, um, and I think he's also they got some other thing going on with him getting into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, so we'll see what that happens there, or when that's going to happen. If it's pre-show, if it's during the show, I don't know. Um, there's rumors that, that, you know, Dwayne Johnson, the rock is going to have a video, uh, part of it. He said on Twitter that he would do it for Ken Shamrock. Uh, so mm-hmm. who knows if that was just a, uh, a ruse to get more eyes on bound for glory. Um, th- listen, they're both old school workers. They know how to, they know how to get a gate going. 
Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, there were some really good matches back in the day uh, between Ken Shamrock and The Rock. So maybe there is a little bit, uh, a little bit of some, you know, camaraderie there. Uh, if Dwayne Johnson actually sends in a video uh, to Impact, uh, I may shit myself. But <laughs> what do you, who you got winning this match, and does it matter? <laughs> Joshua. I know. I just wrote the full name, Joshua. <laughs> you did. You did. Man, I don't know. Like it, it. Uh, I want to say like. The logical part of me wants to say Eddie Edwards, but like knowing how pro wrestling is, of course, I think maybe Ken, just because Sammy's going to be there, the whole Hall of Fame thing, they have to get one over. But then we also have to see, okay, where's the storyline actually going? It just started. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably Ken on this one, huh? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I don't think that it, it ends here. And that's the only reason why I ask if it matters. Not because, <laughs> I mean, also because it, it doesn't really matter, but also because it's going to continue the feud, uh, probably yeah. either way, right? It's um, one of the newest uh, like storylines that we have going into Bound for Glory, actually, I think, because the other ones have been going yeah. on just so it, long. I think it is the newest because every other one has been basically like the week after Slammiversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's only on week three or four. Yeah. Whereas we've had about 10 weeks with the other ones. So... Um, when we started this podcast, we kind of already knew who was going to wrestle at Bound for Glory, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, but it, kudos to them for keeping it interesting for this long. Uh, you know, it lasted pretty much until the go-home show, uh, like we said. Other promotions wouldn't give you that full card, basically, this far ahead. Dude, that is literally what I wanted to say, but it slipped my mind. In the very beginning of the show today, we were talking about how we pretty much know where the storyline is going, just because, yeah, they've been doing the pre-tape and things like that. But, hey, you look at WWE, those go-home shows are so important because that's the day, I feel like, when they actually finalize their card and what they're doing for their pay-per-views the following right. day or the day after, whatever the hell it is. So it's it's crazy. You know, we, we see these storylines just kind of come and go with them. We just get dropped or new ones start. And then, like, oh, yeah, we'll just do this for shits and giggles. You know, that's not the case here. We have concrete storylines that have been building up over time. And mm-hmm. to that, you can give Impact all of the credit in the world. And if you're a fan listening to the show that maybe just wants to hear the video game aspect of it, we love you. I really do want us to do a lot more concrete gaming sections. But hey, if this gets you into watching Impact Wrestling, maybe that you weren't watching before, hell yeah. I want nothing more than that because I feel like this company really is doing their best to kind of get out of that black hole that they've been on for many, many years. And they are doing everything they can to keep their fans happy, provide good content, not only in action form, but in storyline mode. And I feel like they're very committed to to making not just people happy, but to put out a, a product that they're proud of. And I am proud to be able to watch it and talk about it with you and share it with you guys listening. Yeah, no, I... That is my heartfelt moment of the week. Yeah. Uh, ditto. I don't. I can't really add to that. Um, so with that, we'll get into what is uh, probably the most interesting uh, match on the card, and that is uh, in an undisclosed location, EC3 versus Moose in the conclusion mm-hmm. of the Moose Chronicles. The Moose Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know which way this is going to go. I mean, we can speculate about EC3's ROH 
situation and how he's a- appeared there. Um, and maybe Moose has to conquer EC3 to bury the past of TNA completely. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? What do you see here, uh, Sandy? I honestly have no idea. I can see from, I feel like the, the interview segment with Moose today and um, I forget who was interviewing him. Oh, and Jimmy Jacobs, who was, Jimmy Jacobs, was yeah. important in the sense that he wasn't just like, I want my hands on EC3. I want my title back, like he's been doing for the past few Moose Chronicles. He was doing it. He was pretty much just like, almost being like, hey, he's, he's right. Like, what is this? You know, I'm pissed. What's going on? You know, yeah. so I feel like what we're going to see at the end of this is they're going to beat the hell out of each other, whether that's in a, uh, you know, like a, a match format type of thing or if we're doing one of those cinematic matches somewhere that we don't know yet who knows what the hell is happening i feel like that part's a little bit irrelevant i feel like what's going to end up happening is that belt is going to be destroyed we're going to see a new moose come out of it that is my expectation and, and my hopes um so that we're going to see a different version of moose he's going to be disturbed by this if ec3 ends up leaving then moose can kind of go in into that oh hey i want to control my narrative who am i I say I'm the wrestling right. god, but I might really. And maybe he kind of goes into this character where he's distraught and he doesn't really know himself. Um, and then, of course, you see the title being destroyed. That was his identity, being the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, being this wrestling god. And now that was taken away. Now EC3 told you, hey, control your narrative. So maybe we see Moose come back and just completely destroyed and, and do something new with his character. Because we've kind of seen him do this Moose for many years, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. that could be a good chance for him to explore other outlets um, of his character. So we'll see. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because they, they haven't – I mean, EC3 hasn't been announced at all to have signed any long-term contract. And, you know, Scott Demore made a comment uh, in passing um, that, you know, um, there was – you know, Moose is talking about a guy that doesn't work here. So, I mean, you could say, oh, that's part of the skit. But it could be just Scott Demore leaving a little bit of truth in there, too. Um, it's very possible EC3 is not actually signed to Impact, and he could be signed to ROH exclusively. We don't really know. Um, so, you know, we'll see. If this is a one-and-done with EC3, it'd be a hell of a build-up for a one-and-done. Um, but, oh, I yeah, I, I expect, honestly, um, I expect Moose to win. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like you said, he, he'll come out a changed man afterwards. Uh, or yeah. he'll be invigorated. And the title and, or, yeah, I think the title's getting destroyed no matter what. I think that thing's mm-hmm. done. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. We shall see. I'm excited about it. I feel like they've done a really good job with the aforementioned Moose Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been good production quality. I mean, obviously, we know yeah. TNA, uh, back in the day, of course, uh, gave Matt Hardy the creative freedom to do, uh, all the Hardy Compound stuff and, and do the Broken Universe. So, uh, they've, they've got a history here of doing good cinematic stuff. So, uh, even though Jeremy Borash is at WWE now, um, I think that, uh, th- that legacy kind of lives on. I think they'll do okay. So the next match here is the six way scramble match for the X division title between whoop, whoop. TJP, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, Jordan Grace. And of course your defending champion, Sandy's favorite, her man, Rohit <laughs> Raju. Sandy, take us through here. Um, oh my gosh, who? No, I want to get your prediction first. Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. See, that's why I was trying to 
I was trying to, oh, uh, to to drive this narration into you making the first pick. Um, <laughs> no. God, you know. I want them all to win. <laughs> here's here's the thing, right? I think I'm so conditioned by WWE that when there's multi-man matches, the champion more often than not leaves the belt. They defend. Yeah. Um, because they can, you know, pin someone that's been taken out by somebody else, or you know, fill in the blank, right? Um. I feel like this could be a situation where Jordan Grace gets the title. It would cause a lot of buzz. Um, TJP's worked a lot of New Japan stuff, and he could be getting over there um, as soon, you know, after Bound for Glory. We don't know. Um, he's been on their American program, uh, New Japan Strong. Um, Trey Miguel, obviously a great choice. Um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, what they want to do with the Rascals long term. If they want to keep him the trio, they want to kind of keep splitting Trey Miguel off. Um, Willie Mack recently had the X Division title, so does Chris Bay. I mean, I I'm just gonna go with the house. I'm gonna say Raheat retains. I oh, I love you. I love you. That's right, my man, Raheat Raju. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm actually gonna say Jordan Grace. Yeah, I that's that's who my other person is, um, just because um, she spent a lot of time fighting the haters on Twitter about it, um, and they definitely. My other thing is like I've been I've been told that when they foreshadow something, it doesn't happen, right? With professional wrestling, she she beat Rohit Raju and had the X Division Championship belt around her waist, and I'm conditioned to think I'm conditioned to think that that's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I lose that programming at some point. I haven't lost it yet. And that's why I'm going Raheed. Yeah. So I actually, yeah. Cause we've been so conditioned for so many years. So that's exactly what happened. So I feel like it's like a, like a double psych. Like they want to be like, Oh, here's the title on Jordan psych. You're never going to see it happen again. It's just a, right. oh, exactly. and mirrors. but then they're going to be like, psych, we're doing something new. Here you go, Jordan Grace. So Fingers crossed that happens. That'd be really awesome. She could go with a lot of the guys. I mean, one on one, she can go with all of them if need be. Um, No, I was just saying, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, hands down. And if they leave the title on Rasit Raju, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. He just, he hasn't had it for very long. Um, He can continue to do his, you know, I'm giving out opportunities. I'm doing this and that while still being a little shit about it. And Scott yeah. Demore being like, damn it, he keeps getting away with not actually putting the title on the, the line and making it seem like he's given that opportunity. So you can build that storyline down the road for someone to actually take it off of him. Um, yeah. So they can go either way. But I think the top two contenders for winning this title would definitely be Jordan Grace and um, leaving it on my man, Rohit Raju. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my only hesitancy with Rohit is that a lot of competitors will have now failed against him. Right, that's five people that they're not going to get another yeah. shot, and so when it's that many people, it's like, eh, you know, but then he could win it back if one of them wins it because he has the champion, you know, champions rematch clause, um, or you know, if he does retain, you know, look at the fallout from some of these matches that are happening tonight. If Eric Young, you know, loses and you know, then you know, doesn't doesn't win it back from Rich Swan uh, at all, right? And then Eric Young challenges for the X division. Like I can imagine, I can picture exactly how that happens. And Raju just loses his mind and panics and 
refuses to wrestle Eric Young until Scott Demore makes him. So yeah. I could see some some angles coming out of it. They're a little bit longer down the line angles, and it depends on what happens with the rest of this card. Um, but I just think you know when you do this many people, I just feel like you, you just go with the house. Yeah. And I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> right. I love him. So this match uh, is listed next on our website. And I hope that this is not necessarily in order of how the card goes. I mentioned this before because I think this should be the sub main. Um, but this is uh, our knockouts championship match. Deanna Perrazzo, the defending knockouts champion, taking on Kylie Ray. And I'm going to let you talk about this one first because I did the last one, which is a harder one to predict. <laughs> Yeah, so I took you. <laughs> <laughs> no, all you. I think on this one, I've got to give it to Kylie. They've really done a good job at protecting Kylie, keeping her away when they needed, building up that storyline. And yes, in the beginning, it was like, hey, we don't know where Diana is going. We don't know if she's staying. We don't know if she's going. If she's a temporary champion and she's there long-term, now we do know it is long-term, so maybe that could have changed plans. But I feel at this point, the company, if they're not ready, they should be ready to put the strap on Kylie. And Kylie can take that women's division to a whole other level. The matches that she would have with the remaining of the division would be absolute bangers left and right. And I think she's ready. I think this is her like redemption art coming from, you know, being signed one of the first women to be signed with AW to, you know, going on a complete, you know, black hole where, you know, she disappeared from wrestling, not knowing that she was going to come back where she says she retired, where we don't know what personal issues she had, where we didn't know if she was going to wrestle on TV ever again to coming back in and coming with this character that is now, strong that is now willing that is now not not going to be stepped on any longer and i feel like they build this storyline fantastic uh they protected both women they the video package that they, they showed tonight kind of building up to what the match will be about for glory was great um the action that they showed with the interaction with these two and with kimberly's involvement i thought came off really great and i am ready to see kylie ray as a champion at impact yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? Kylie Ray is obviously putting the work for this, and I and I, I'm not going to say. And I'm, on the flip side of that, Deanna also has put in the work for this. Oh, um, for sure, 100. percent If I look at the future of the Knockouts division, right, and I'm looking, Deanna Perrazzo works a very specific style of match. She's a very technical wrestler. She doesn't have in my opinion, the raw athletic ability of a Kylie Ray. Where if I'm looking at what do I want to see for the next, you know, however many months until we get the next pay-per-view, right? Do I want to see Deanna Perrazzo trying to wrestle a technical match with Kira Hogan? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to see her and Kimberly again. We already got that on TV. Um, and then, of course, that's kind of her lackey, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, Tasha Steeles, Rosemary, maybe at some point, Havoc, Nevaeh. I, d- I don't know that any of them can reach the level that Deanna Perrazzo is on. So for, in my opinion, Deanna, Deanna Perrazzo is 
very tippy top of that division. Right there with her Jordan Grace, right there with the with her Taya, right there with her Kylie Ray. Those are your four I, I think that are your top of the division. When I think about who can work with everyone, the three that aren't Deanna, I think can work better with more wrestlers. And that's not because Deanna's not good, but because she is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine trying to watch, not not that this would be painful, but I can't imagine what the match between Deanna Perrazzo and Tennille Dashwood would look like. Because yeah. Deanna works that slow, methodical pace. Tennille Dashwood works the slow pace, you know, kind of, you know, nonchalant thing. Um, whereas I think just the, the energy that Kylie Ray brings to the ring, the ability that she has, the the build that they've given her, um, and the fact that we still have Sue Young looming large behind, you know, over all of this, um, I think Kylie Ray will win the championship uh, at Bound for Glory as well. Um, and I think that at, after she dispatches of Deanna for the championship's rematch clause, I think we'll start getting into uh, the emergence of Sue Young uh, coming out of the shell of Susie. And I think that would be probably Kylie's first big test. Maybe her second big test as champion uh, is to have to beat her friend uh, Susie, um, who in G, uh, you know, comes back as Sue Young. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Hands down, 100% agreed. So, but either way, I wouldn't be mad if either one went in. I just want to be clear with that. I just want to see more Kylie Ray matches. <laughs> as a, I just want to see Kylie as a champion. And I want to see her work matches as the champion and elevate that division. Because um, I think yeah. she can do oh, it really well. Absolutely. And like I said, I, yeah. not, I would never say anything negative about Deanna Perrazzo. Excellent wrestler. Great person. I've mentioned it before on this podcast. She... Literally, like, at an NXT meet and greet, asked if she could pick up my son because she thought he was the cutest thing ever, um, which, you know, I think he is. Um, but, yeah, she did. So, you know, there's a picture with uh, Kylie and my wife holding Molly and Deanna Peraza holding Nolan. And I think uh, somebody else is in the picture, uh, some other. I think it, it might even be – might is it Chelsea Green? It's somebody else is in the picture not holding anyone. They're just there. So it's like <laughs> – you know, like, okay, I'm here too, you know, but uh, it's a funny picture. I might find that and, and post. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill for you guys to see on twitter but uh really yeah. uh, i i couldn't be more excited for the knockouts um championship match i, I really wanted that to be either the main or sub main it looks like our sub main however is going to be the four-way tag team title match um between the champion motor city machine guns the good brothers doc gallows and carl anderson the North, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page. And, of course, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, this is – I'm not a big fan of four-way tag matches. not a big fan of triple threat tag matches. Um, it just becomes so muddled and confusing. Uh, I don't know if you got the chance to watch uh, AEW this week. 
um, Sandy. They had a, a, a big tag match, uh, a four-way tag match on that show. Um, and it actually got so chaotic uh, that the referee, uh, Rick Knox, didn't notice um, that oh, one of the wrestlers was completely video. unconscious in the middle of the ring. I think – and that that's more on the referee than it is on anything, in my opinion. That was rough. That was um, rough to watch. It was really literally like there was a clip. dead body in the match in the middle of the ring. Like, right. hello. He's yeah, clearly not selling I mean, anymore. <laughs> Reynolds, Reynolds was out cold. Like, bad. And you'd notice, too, that the that the blade pulled him over completely dead weight. Like, yeah. he he literally pulled him over. And it never it never got better. Um, and so I worry about the chaos there. I, I think, obviously... Um, I mean, Impact doesn't have Rick Knox. No knock on Rick. He's living his dream. Um, but he misses a lot of shit. Um, I feel like this match could be something that gets off the rails pretty quickly. Um, but if it somehow stays coherent and we can keep track of who's supposed to be in, it could stand to be a good match. But we're not just here for good matches. We're here to preview the card and also give predictions. And I have no idea where to go on this one, Sandy. This could go literally any any way. We've seen them go. We've seen these teams go at it for weeks and weeks at a time against, the, against each other individually, all of them at the same time. Oh, my gosh. We've seen every single variation of matches between these men for the past few weeks. It's been like, all right, enough. Let's get there. Um, who the hell knows is going to take the title? I feel I like this is going to be New Japan style tag matches where the ref is just kind of there waving his arms like, please listen to me. I'm here for a three <laughs> and nobody's going to pay attention to them. That doesn't mean it's not going to be a great match. There's going to be a lot of action. There's going to be a lot of crazy moves. They're going to give it their all. This is the big blow off. You know, this is what they've been working towards for so many weeks. So I think it's going to be a great match regardless. But, yeah, I have no freaking idea who they're going to give it to. Um, I think it's early for it to be on Fulton and Ace Austin, in my opinion. I I don't want the titles back on the North, but I actually don't see that happening. Who the freaking hell knows? I have no idea. This is going to be a shock to me no matter what happens. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to figure out, too, right? Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's funny you mentioned that, they are running their uh, World Tag League tournament um, in the next month. So I'm trying to think, you know, we we kind of have some inside baseball that uh, Gals and Anderson may or may not be allowed to also work Japan. They haven't announced anyone for that, that New Japan World Tag League. I would think if they're able to, New Japan would bring in Gals and Anderson for that to get more eyeballs on, on World Tag League. So if I'm speculating correctly, and uh, many people know that I speculate wildly wrong all the time, but if I speculate correctly, I think Gals and Anderson will probably be in Japan next month because New Japan is able to bring – there's some, some rule where employers can bring over their employees as long as they quarantine for two weeks, uh, then they're good to go. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even think about the, the precautions for COVID. I was just like, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter if they're a chance for impact. They can still go out there and make it to the last round, semi-last round, whatever the hell it is for New Japan, still be strong. 
Yeah. So, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I, I don't think they would win World Tag League if they did go over there because New Japan is not going to send them back to Impact with the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Tag Belts. Oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, I hate to say that I'm going to bet on the house money uh, again, but I think I have to uh, just because we saw the North be the tag champs forever in a row. Um, and then the Motor City Machine Guns have been awesome since they came back. I look at some of the other tag teams that they have in that division. Um, the Rascals probably match up best with those guys. But, you know, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with Motor City Machine Guns, but I'm, I'm very not confident about it. Yeah. I mean, they can pull a complete upset and have Ace Austin and Bolton win. You know, they've been hanging up there with the rest of them. I feel just like as a tag team, it's still not the right time, but they could just be like, let's let's do it. And, I mean, they can go yeah. with – well, can't they go with the rat? Bolton's just so freaking big. I have no idea. They can go yeah. either way. It, it just really depends. And, you know, their their tag division outside of these four teams is pretty light and and, and numbers, right? Because outside of this, you really you got Reno Scum uh, that are not uh, participating. You have Team Triple XL, of course, uh, with Larry D and AC Romero. You have the Deaners, um, which I mean, I, those are three teams that are not ready yet uh, to be champions. No. Um, and then you got Heath and Rhino. I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't necessarily want to see them with the tag belts in 2020. Um, you know, so that'd be like making uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, my personal best friend. Uh, the uh, world heavyweight champion in 2020, which uh, God bless him. And I'm sure I'll get a message for this. Cause you know, he likes to message me or has once um, <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. It's just not going to happen. I, I just, I I'm worried about the tag division long-term and impact uh, just because this is, you know, their four best teams all in one match uh, with the exception of the rascals. <clears throat> um, so we'll see you what, what Josh impact. They need a little bit of, the gifted Logan Cruz and Weezy T to really yeah. spice up that uh, taxing division. <laughs> no, did you hear that? So that that noise uh, was not a a deranged hurt animal. Uh, that was actually Logan Cruz, um, the, who was a part of the tag team, the gifted uh, that you could see on Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. Um, and I think that uh, also some other shows too, right, Sandy? Oh, quick hell plug yeah. there. Uh, Punk Pro Wrestling, right? They were on there as well. Punk Pro Wrestling. I mean, pretty much any promotion in Florida, you name it. Sweetwater Pro, they're going to be there. Um, man, they're they're everywhere, and I they have a they have a huge huge future ahead of them. And I really, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm honestly not just blowing smoke up his ass because. Because he's in it. the room and he's he's listening to you record this <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> but honestly, he's just so incredibly talented, and hey, so is Weezy. His, you know, his suavecito. What's it freaking called? I don't know. He suave uh, Weezy tag partner Weezy T. He man, these two can can really grow go, and they actually have a ladder match coming up soon. Um, I can post some details about that on our account so you guys can check it yeah, out. If you're sure. local, maybe you can go see it um, or on YouTube. But, hey, Impact Wrestling, they are great unsigned talent. You definitely want to check them out. The Gifted out of Florida. 
definitely. And that's my and plug for the evening. <laughs> there you go. That's that's our plug. Uh, right in the middle of our preview for uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, but you know what? No time like the present, right, Sandy? It was the, it was there. Right. It was pre- yo. And you're right. They do need uh, some new tag team talent. Um, so hey, listen. You know, you never know. Keep working. <laughs> I mean, a couple of kids. They're they're just youngsters. They'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that, we'll come up to our what I presume is our main event for Bound for Glory, uh, which will be, of course, the inspirational, overcoming all obstacles, Rich Swan, taking on the maniac, Eric Young, uh, who is your Impact World Champion. So a lot of build up for this one, a story that oh has my. been... Has been told since since Slammiversary when Eric since Young was the time. <laughs> right. I was um, really just about to say. <laughs> since Rich Swan uh, eliminated Eric Young in the uh, multi-man elimination match for the Impact World Championship belt uh, back at Slammiversary. So yeah, they had this match planned before they did their Slammiversary championship match, which is incredibly long-term storytelling, uh, which we, we we don't get a lot from uh, in wrestling these days. So uh, I'm going to let you uh, talk, uh, talk through this with your thoughts first, Sandy. What are you thinking here as we talk about the main event of Bound for Glory? Oh, man. This is another one where I really, yes, I've been building up the story for such a long time. And I feel like it would be, I mean, would it be fantastic if Rich Swan won? I don't know. I think maybe I'm just in the minority of like seeing, you know, Eric Young just caused so much freaking chaos as soon as he, he came to impact. So why, why stop it now? Or maybe it's just a temporary stop where Rich Swan is able to say, hey, screw you, I'm back, this is mine. And then they'll go at it again for a little while. Uh, because, yeah, the feud's been going on since anniversary. So you said they, they planned it from before then. But Rich Swan has been away on that injury. So if he takes it back and EY is still fighting for that title after Rich Swan wins this Saturday, they can have more matches together and kind of build that storyline even further. So that could work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, actually, I think that's what's going to happen. I just told myself what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I just analyzed the, the, the storyline right then and there. I'm like, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> what do you think? Right. So when I think about, you know, main events of shows, right. And, and we've been, I, I've talked about preconditioning a, a, as a wrestling fan of what we are expected to expect. When you have a promotion's biggest show of the year. And we heard this, uh, if you listen to the Conrad uh, Thompson podcast and when he talks to, all these different guys, they always told you that the, the number one plan going into WrestleMania always was Hogan must pose at the end, right? Because it was that iconic moment at the end, the good triumph to the evil. Your ending shot is the, you know, the you know, 70,000 fans on their feet screaming for the, your champion. But now I'm here in 2020 and there's no fans in the audience for Impact's biggest show. Rich Swan is not to the popularity levels, he even in his own not. promotion, no. to Hulk Hogan. 
or any of the other baby faces that have posed at the end of WrestleMania. I think that Rich Swan, on the verge of winning, uh, will have something go wrong with his ankle, and Eric Young will get the win with a pile driver. I I I just I think Eric Young has been a better champion I think even than they expected. I think there's no reason to get oh, yeah. a big big huge pop worthy babyface championship win here. Um with no fans. If if this was March and we've had 2 months, 3 months of a vaccine and there's fans in the audience and you got, you know, 5 7,000 people on the, you know, cheering this on. This is Rich Swan all day, every day. But for but me, you know what? Even even so, I just he's still not that big of a baby face in the company no. to give that good feel moment. You know, no, I feel people I, be like, I agree oh, with that. Right, yeah, he beats yeah. all odds, but all right. <laughs> right, and and who knows how that buildup would have played out in front of fans. Um, yeah. But for me, I think I think Eric Young is going to retain. Um, I don't know who his next challenger will be. Um, but on the flip side of that, I wouldn't know who Rich Swan's next challenger would be either. Um, but there'll be, they'll build someone up, whoever that may be, uh, to be the next huge baby face to come and take out Eric Young. Um, that's who I, I just don't think that, I just don't think that Rich Swan is a big enough of a character to conquer what is been proven to be a villain that is just unbeatable so far um yeah so i i think a there's... monster they're building up like such a monster and as they should he's been killing it with that right and, and they've talked about how he feels no pain and all this and you know maybe after moose vanquishes ec3 he decides that he's going to take on eric young um and so there's options right uh you know I just think if you if you make Rich Swan the champion, you probably have more challengers that make sense, but it doesn't necessarily mean for better matches. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you're going Rich Swan, and I'm and I'm going Eric Young. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, no, because I initially wanted to say Ey, but then I'm like, wait, you no. You talked yourself into Rich Swan. I did. I like overanalyzed it. But like my heart saying, my heart says EY. I'm going EY. Damn it, Josh. Oh, she's flip flopped. <laughs> she's a real flip flopper. No, oh, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, there's the the <laughs> yeah, the presidential debate was tonight, so you know I had to get in my my uh, my campaign rhetoric here um, and <laughs> and jump on jump at you. But oh, anywho, that wraps up. Uh, impact for the week here. Um, really, uh, a lot of exciting stuff. I'm excited for Bound for Glory. I know you're excited for Bound for Glory. My kids are excited for you to be over, not so much about for Bound for Glory. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Dude, um, I'm gonna be your new freaking nanny. They're gonna love me, and I'm gonna love them so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say that's not possible, right? Um, so we'll have to see, uh, we'll have to see what, what happens here. Um, but with that said, uh, we're done there. We're going to move into, uh, as we teased at the beginning with our, uh, little, uh, 
sketch skit, uh, if you will, about. Uh, so I know that's not the news anchor music you were expecting uh, because that's not what we see on TV now, but I feel like that was the anchor music from freaking Maniac Mansion. It just came back to me. I was like, why did I immediately go into it? I'm like, what is this from? It's from Maniac Mansion. It's my favorite game of all freaking time. But yeah, when they do the. Oh, wait, was it? No. Shit. It was something like that, damn it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's something like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe I, I'll just I'll make a note here to future Josh to uh, throw in a uh, a uh, news uh, news music uh, backtrack here. Uh, so future, future Josh, figure that out um, if you don't stay up until 3 a.m. doing it. But future Josh also go to bed. That's why I'm gonna tell future Josh to do that. Um, but. Let's talk about video game news here, Sandy. We have uh, a couple of news items uh, that we're going to get through. And then you have a, a follow-up report uh, on wow. our episode from last week. Um, but first, uh, I am going to point out that they have started filming the Uncharted movie uh, starring Tom Holland and, of course, Marky Mark himself, Mark Wahlberg. And uh, Antonio Bandaras, who has what? not, yeah, I know, big big cast here. It's directed by Ruben Fleischer. Um, Ruben, of course, uh, famous for directing uh, the Venom movie most recently, um, and then also uh, he directed the Zombieland movies. So interesting, oh. interesting uh, director choice, interesting cast choice. Of course, it's hard to see Tom Holland as anything but Spider Man. Um, and I don't know if you've seen these set photos yet, Sandy. I'm actually going to... I did. Okay, you did. Okay, so you saw uh, Tom Holland looks pretty much, I mean, pretty much like Nathan Drake there. I mean, his hair's a little bit lighter, um, but I think it looks pretty good so far from the from the set photos we've seen. He looks fantastic. I am such a huge Tom Holland fan. He is adorable. He can do no wrong in my eyes. And I feel like he just brings such energy to any role that he, he is in. He is fully committed. He seems very excited about this project. And I personally have not played Uncharted before because it is a PlayStation uh, Sony exclusive, which, as you guys have kind of heard in previous episodes, I'm not the biggest Sony fan just because they keep dissing on Nintendo and then they try, they have the audacity to copy Nintendo. Don't, let's not get started on that because I'll get real salty and really heated. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably have to do a, a, a special episode uh, talking about uh, the late 90s and, and the, the console wars, which really weren't a thing in the mid-90s because uh, Nintendo and Sega eventually kind of stopped competing with each other and kind of just started both doing their own thing. And then Sony came along. Uh, which, of course, we know uh, they came along and made their own thing because they were had a partnership with Nintendo that fell apart. Um, but like I said, that's a huge other thing that we can get into at another time. Now, I noticed uh, that you said, Sandy, that you were super excited for Tom Holland to, to be a part of this picture um, because of all the excitement that he brings. Uh, I noticed you did not say that about uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> 
What was the last notable movie that Mark Wahlberg was in? I don't remember. So he did the voice of the Blue Falcon in the recently released animated feature Scoob. All right. Are you are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. And I will say this. Uh, I definitely I, – I have seen Scoob. Uh, as the listeners know, I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, and there is, there is a part in it uh, where a character has to, like, sacrifice themselves. And we had so much crying. Because, you know, when you're four and three, you don't know that, like, nothing's going to happen to the main characters, right? Oh, yeah. um, oh my goodness. I, I, the, the amount of times I said, just keep watching the movie. Just cop- <laughs> just, just big, just big, 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 big tears. Um, but, yeah, I mean, before that, uh, he was in Instant Family, which nobody watched. Uh, Daddy's Home 2. Less people watch that than Daddy's Home One. I mean, and then of course, you know, just random, you know, day movies, Patriots Day, Deepwater Horizon, all the different things. And then, you know, Transformers The Last Night uh, was the last probably big picture that he was in. Um, but he's been doing a lot of producing, and that's that he's kind of stepped away from acting more so mm-hmm. to producing. Um, and he's done a lot of stuff with HBO. He produced Ballers with Dwayne Johnson, Entourage. Um, of course, uh, he is. Uh, the executive producer on the reality TV show Wahlburgers about his brother's uh, restaurant chain. Well, so nothing is the answer to my previous question. (laughs) So I guess what I'm getting at is I can understand why you didn't say that about Mark Wahlberg where you said that about Tom Holland. Uh, But I do have one question before we move on, Sandy. Have you ever eaten at a Wahlburgers? I have not. Have you? I have. So I ate at one with my family. Um, Orlando, so, we on, right? so I didn't eat at the Orlando one. I actually ate at one in Boston because uh, Mark Wahlberg, in case you didn't know, is, of course, from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, technically speaking, he's from a town called Dorchester. And Dorchester is uh, off the – If I'm, my Boston family, if they listen to this, are going to be furious if I get this wrong. I believe Dorchester <laughs> is off of the red line uh, if you take it uh, from the city center. Um, but to my family, if I got that wrong, I apologize. Because my dad's extended family is all in Massachusetts. Um, no, Wahlburgers is uh, kind of your kind of standard joint. Uh, went there. We were on vacation with my in-laws, uh, so my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law, and uh, my father-in-law's all-time favorite television show is Blue Bloods, which stars Donnie Wahlberg. Um, and so the entire time we were there, he kept asking why there was no stuff, uh, no posters or anything uh, of Donnie Wahlberg. Um, and he kept referring to the restaurant as Donnie's Place, uh, which, of course, is not factual. <laughs> um, and he went as far as to ask our uh, our waitress uh, how many times uh, Donnie Wahlberg had um, been into the restaurant, to which she answered zero. Oh, Zero times. God. And then <laughs> I, I, I said the follow-up. I said, I said, but Mark has been here a lot, right? She goes, oh, yeah, we see Mark, you know, probably once a month. Like, because he just would go in for a beer or whatever, say hi to the staff, you know, uh, that kind of thing, right? And, uh, uh, you know, it's not even Mark's restaurant. I think Mark kind of probably started – he kind of, you know, bankrolled it. Uh, but <laughs> but their but their, their brother, Paul, is the chef uh, that runs mm-hmm. Wahlburgers. Um Mark, like I said, I think financed it, and then Donnie has uh, pretty much nothing to do with it. 
Um, <laughs> he gets a because, discount, 20% off. Right, he's Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> and that's probably more about Donnie Wahlberg than I ever expected to come up on this podcast, especially when we started <laughs> off talking about the Uncharted movie, uh, which looks great and will be... <laughs> Will be in theaters hopefully next year. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, theaters. It's always it, right now, especially. It's a real touchy thing. Uh, Regal shut down completely. We'll see if AMC sticks around or if we have to, you know, see what else happens. Uh, it's a really a sad thing right now for the movie industry. Um, I love the movie. I do too. I I'll go to movies by myself. Me too. Still, like I'll just go and sit there and, and watch a movie. Uh, with the wife and kids at home, because uh, it kind of gives me like you know like two and a half three hours of quiet, and I can mm. just kind of sit there and enjoy the picture. Um, obviously, can't do that now. It's getting harder to watch movies, so hopefully uh, we get ourselves out of this uh, soon, and uh, we can get on with our movie watching lives. I hope so too. So I'm going to take you back real quick to uh, 1990, Sandy. 1990, a game oh. comes out in Japan. I was one year for, old. I was zero years old. Um, so <laughs> going back I'm all older the way, than you. I mean, I thought we knew this. I think it's pretty established. Um, Damn it, John. no, <laughs> no, you listen, you look way younger than me, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> pull, pull the but, <laughs> yeah, you did for, you know, it, that works great in an audio medium, but, um, <laughs> that's like the third time we've done that today. We got to get away from that. I know. <laughs> But you know what? It's making us have more fun, and I think that makes the listeners yeah. have more fun too, right? It's like the cliche so. podcast thing where people do visual humor for the podcast listeners. Um, <laughs> but so 1990, a game comes out on the Famicom in Japan, and it's a game called Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon in the Blade of Light. This is a game that features characters like Prince Marth and Roy that we see in a game way later. And I believe 1998, uh, no, 2000 maybe, uh, when we see Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube, we are introduced in North America to uh, Marth and Roy for the first time. What is interesting is that now, for some reason, Nintendo has decided they're going to give us a localization and English translation of the original Fire Emblem game on the Nintendo Switch eShop, and it's releasing on December 4th. Whoa. So I actually, Josh, had no idea that the first time we were introduced to those characters was back in the first Super Smash Brothers. I thought maybe something else came out before it to kind of give us that introduction, but it was just kind of like blindly like, hey, these are Fire Emblem characters from this Japan game that you guys haven't seen before, and here they are. Is that yeah. really what happened? Yeah, so Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is our second entry uh, in the Smash Brothers wow. series which released in 2001 is the first time that we see Marth and Roy in North America. The Fire Emblem series, I believe, no, I don't want to enable dictation. I hit a wrong key on my keyboard. Sorry. Uh, the Fire Emblem series first makes its appearance um, on the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Um, and it does not include Marth and Roy. Um, it has, oh, what is her name? I believe she's a playable character now, um, in North America and in, in the, uh, Smash Brothers games. Um, but let me see here. I'm so it, bad at it, her name. 
all I remember it was like when the Amiibo came out and we're collecting. So I've been playing Smash Brothers, of course, since the very first one. And, you know, when the Amiibo craze started happening, I got suckered into that like you wouldn't freaking believe. Like I was out calling stores. I was out camping. I was out harassing people to hold them for me because they were so freaking collectible anything yeah. collectible nintendo like i am there for so even though i wasn't too into the fire emblem series i was like i need to have my original super smash brothers amiibo collection and i need it now and yeah. freaking mark mark was like the hardest one to get and i actually had i cheated for him and i ended up getting one from like amazon uk like, it was that intense. I'm actually kind of ashamed. <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed. Don't let, he, Logan just laughed at me. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, he doesn't understand how things were. I mean, you had you had to really try yes. to get stuff back in the day. Like, Dude, it was difficult. It was difficult. Hard. Yeah. So, I'm proud to say I have my full Amiibo collection for the original ones. Um, but never again. That was freaking stressful. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Colleen uh, has gotten into uh, trying to find Amiibo cards, and uh, oh, oh yeah, I'm so happy to not get into that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm be happy for yourself. Uh, but yeah, no. So the original Fire Emblem game that we get in the United States isn't until 2003, uh, and the uh, protagonist of that uh, game, uh, there's three of them. It's Lynn, uh, Ellie Wood, and Hector. Um, so completely nothing to do with Martha and Roy that no. we see in. <laughs> the uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, so for the first time, we are going to see um, at least Marth. I don't know if Roy, I believe Roy is in uh, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. Uh, but we are definitely going to be seeing Marth for the first time uh, here in North America uh, in, in the original game. Um, and that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, considering this is, of course, a, a game that, you know, we're talking released in April of two of uh, 1990. So that is absolutely crazy. And they're doing from what I read here that it's going to do that weird uh, limited time digital release, right? That mm -hmm. we see with the um, anniversary of Super Mario, which, I mean, when you think about titles from Nintendo, they are so, oh man, when it comes to their titles that no one else can have, they, they're able to get away with doing these weird sales strategies and tactics to kind of get the the audience kind of buzzing for it when they say it's limited time, limited availability, even though it's a freaking digital copy. Like there's no right. there's no limit to digital. <laughs> but they they are so good at pulling this off because I don't think any other gaming company in the world has been able to capitalize on these exclusivity um, titles and events more like nintendo has their entire freaking career almost <laughs> it's insane yeah yeah i mean and we've talked about this before obviously with, with super mario 3d all-stars uh we've we've talked about you know um you know all, all this other stuff and actually you know so they're going to release and this is true this is kind of cool so for 5.99 you know six bucks you can get the digital version of the original it's just a localization of the original game or at retail, you can pay $49.99 for the same game. And you might be thinking, well, why would I pay $50 when I can pay $6? And the reason why is, is it comes with a quote-unquote nostalgic stylized physical NES box and a replica NES game pack art piece with a protective sleeve. 
if you don't know what you know the the NES uh, game pack cartridges were a weird kind of pop tart shape, um, and they had these little black sleeves that you could keep the games in. Um, and so I'm assuming that that's what it's talking about. Um, and it also comes with a 222 page Legacy of Arcane Arcania Deluxe Hardbound Art Book and a game download code. So the game itself will still be a digital copy that you download on the Switch. I can't imagine that it's going to be a very big game because it's an NES game uh, that's just yeah. localized and translated. <laughs> um, but it also actually comes out with um, a fold-out world map also, uh, just like the old school uh, uh, games would come with. And then oh. um, and it comes with a, a NES instruction manual uh, for the game by localized. Oh, my gosh. So if it, I was a, a fan of Fire Emblem, like that level, like hands down, that is a pre-order purchase. I'm oh, big a time. For big like time. That. Big time. And I, yes. I, I'm not the biggest Fire Emblem guy. I played a few of them. Uh, I, mm. I really enjoy the strategy aspect of it. Uh, it's very similar to if you ever played like Final Fantasy Tactics, um, where you have or that. Golden Sun. Golden Sun's the same way. Yeah. Uh, Famicom Wars, which was later uh, redone as Advance Wars. Uh, on the Game Boy Advance, similar thing. And actually, Fire Emblem came from, I believe, the same people that made Famicom Wars uh, with the strategy, kind of, you know, building up your army, move this, move that. Uh, and Fire Emblem was also like the, and really kind of almost remains the only game where uh, if you lose a character on the battlefield um, and you don't bring them back in that same uh, fight, uh, they're gone for good. So oh. you don't get them back. So they, they have permanent character death uh, in Fire Emblem, uh, which if you play the if you were like me and in 2003 when you picked it up for the Game Boy Advance, you had no idea what the hell was going on, and you go to the next thing you're like, <laughs> "Where's that guy? What happened to him?" Like, what the uh, fuck? Yeah. I just killed my main guy. <laughs> right, uh, they're gone for good. Now, if a main character died, it would kind of end it. Um, like that was a game over. So mm. if if you if you were like, and you can get into these big huge battles uh in fire emblem that take a long time and then you make one bad mistake with your main character like you hit someone that has a better counter than you thought was going to happen and you didn't kill them or your double strike didn't work boy were you furious i I had to put that game down sometimes uh and come back hours (laughs) later it was pretty rough I am just not a great RPG gamer. Like when it comes to figure, figuring out that battle tactics, you really do have to put some thought into it and be like, all right, what, like, what is my defense? What is my strategy? What are my attacks? What items do I have? You know, that actually takes a lot of effort in being able to, to really kind of get the hang and calculate who you should be using, what you should be doing. And to me, like the only game that I've actually really loved and played all the way through when it came to that was golden sun and that game yeah. kicked my ass I, I still have it and i'll still play it and i'll still get stuck in parts i'm like holy shit these games are hard but they're so rewarding just because the storylines for them especially being a nintendo and a japanese game they put so much thought and effort into making that storyline oh yeah sense. and it's so it, it really sucks you in and I feel like I need to revisit Fire Emblem. I know the one that I bought to kind of introduce me into the game was the one they released on the 3DS. So it was a few years ago. It wasn't the oldest one. It's not the newest one either, I don't think. But No, there I was have... one that released on the Switch. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I need to, I feel like I need to revisit that. But 
that's crazy that a game from 1990s making its first appearance here in freaking America. And I think yeah. it's a great strategy. It's like, yeah, if you want to check it out, only six bucks on the Switch, go for it. If you've been a fan since you've been introduced to them back in uh, Smash Brothers in the early 2000s, and you've been a, a committed fan, here's all these goodies that you know Nintendo has for you. Right. And I don't know, were you ever a part of Club Nintendo? When I was, when I was said, not. I was a Nintendo. I, I was subscribed to Nintendo Power as a child. That was kind of like my big thing. Like I, I would beg my parents, like, please subscribe me to this. Please subscribe me to this. And you know, it was like something like uh, twelve or thirteen issues, right? Because they throw in the extra one just because mm-hmm. you get thirteen issues for you know thirty bucks or whatever it was. And I was like, please, you know, I'll, I'll mow the lawn. I'll do whatever, right? And then my mom had this thing about not letting us mow the lawn when we were children because she thought we were going to cut our feet off. So <laughs> she would just, she would just do it, right? Um, oh, but yeah, it was, totally it was, a- yeah, it would have been a, no, but I can't believe you were on Club Nintendo. So it was a free rewards program. So every time that you bought a Nintendo game, it came with a little on the cartridge, it came with a little slip that gave you this code, and you would enter that code and you would get points for every game that you purchase. So it's a completely free program. And the goodies that they would have, I mean, it's still going on today, but they got right, rid of yeah, the- yeah, I have it now. Yeah, I have it now. Yeah. It's not as, it's not as good. No, the physical rewards back then, Josh. I can't tell you how many freaking posters <laughs> I have of Nintendo. Like, I, oh my gosh, I, it was the happiest. Day. And this is in my early 20s, like late teens. I'm still getting geeked out about getting a package from freaking Nintendo headquarters. And it's just all these posters and CDs and goodies. And like, oh, I miss those physical rewards so much. So oh, yeah. I know it means for Fire Emblem fans to be able to get the opportunity. Hey, if you pay, whatever you pay, 50 bucks, but you get, you know, just anything made by Nintendo when it comes to the world map, the book, all those things are so personal, especially if you're such a big fan of the game. And I think that's really special. I'm glad that they're doing that for those fans. I personally won't be buying it because I'm really not that into Fire Emblem, but I'm excited for those fans that are. Yeah, I'm not that super into it, but I, I'm, I'm kind of tempted just for all the extras, uh, the nostalgic, you know, goodies, the NES stuff, uh, you know, the world map fold out. Now that's all stuff really cool to me. Now, I mean, you and I both used to work at a, a big box retailer. Uh, did you ever try and jack the posters uh, when, when the store was done with them? Because I did a lot. Oh, dude, for sure. But okay. I didn't right. have seniority and there was like some major dorks and gamers and geeks in my store. So a lot of them like would get seniority with me, even though I actually yeah. started in the gaming department. When I first started working there in my early 20s, I was like, I was like, I need to work in the gaming department. So that was like my shit. So for a while there, I did get first in. But then when I moved over to a different department, it got a little bit harder. But oh, for sure. <laughs> so when I was when I was there, uh, gaming was a part of what they called like media, right? So there was oh, like yeah. CDs, movies, video games, all were the same people, MP3 players, etc. And I worked in computers. Um, you can probably put together where we worked. And we worked actually at the same store. So I'm sure the same people that would take all the posters – uh, when I was there, were the same people that would take all the posters when you were there. Um, <laughs> but I would be like, hey, listen, uh, you know, this one came out on my birthday, so you need to give me this one. And I think I got like – I wound up getting my buddy, and I think he still has it. Uh, I have to ask him. Uh, I gave my buddy a Star Ocean when that released for PS3. Star Ocean came out on PS3, and I got like a big like uh, poster or stanchion thing for it. Um, oh, 
Yeah, I used to work at a at a uh, sandwich shop chain, and I would take all the old menus and keep them. Um, and then I also had a giant cutout, and I mean giant cutout, life size, of uh, Jared, the subway spokesman, um, holding up a pair <laughs> of pants. It was literally like Jared holding up a pair of pants uh, over to the side <laughs> to show how much weight he had lost, and it was about six feet tall. And but why? I just. I don't know. I worked there and they didn't want it anymore. So I just took it because I figured I could play some pranks. Uh, and at one point I did sneak it into my house and into my parents' room in the middle of the night. So when they woke up, they saw Jared standing over their bed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, that didn't go over well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have taken that. Like I only took like Nintendo shit and I still have some of it. Like I used to get all the cutouts and the the standings for the game and I like I used yeah. to have this like one house that I lived in by myself and it, my decorations were just like those cardboard stands. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I feel like if you were taking Nintendo stuff, you probably had to fight Burgess for it, and that was probably not gonna go over too well. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was rough. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we have a couple other things that we're gonna talk about here, um, and this is uh, this is a full disclaimer. This is not any sort of political endorsement. This is not any. Uh, saying to do this or do that. Uh, but gaming recently uh, has been used as a vehicle uh, to kind of encourage people to vote, to get it more engaged with uh, politics in general. Uh, and that was uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, and she got on Twitch and played Among Us. Uh, now, it's been noted in the past that, that AOC uh, is a uh, kind of an old school gamer. She plays a lot of League of Legends. Uh, I have a friend that is a diehard about League of Legends, and so I like when she would tweet about stuff uh, with League of Legends, people would ask her questions, and I would like ask my buddy, who literally to this day all he plays is League of Legends, uh, and it's hours a day still. Um, I would literally say like, "Hey, is what she's saying like? Does she know what she's talking about?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, surprisingly so." Like, so awesome. we we know that AOC is a gamer. We know that you know she's uh, one of the youngest members of Congress, if not uh, the youngest member of Congress. And she constantly is trying to, right? So she's constantly, what are we doing, Sandy? Jesus. Um, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we have a podcast that gets 150 downloads if we're lucky, and she's serving in the United States Congress, but whatever. Um, Damn it. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, And actually, so with one event, she completely dwarfs our entire download history. Um, She goes on Twitch and plays Among Us uh, with a couple other uh, members of Congress. and then also some popular streamers. Uh, she was on there with, uh, of course, uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, Ilana Omar out of Minnesota um, and a couple of other streamers. And they had a viewer count of 435,000 people uh, watching them play Among Us uh, and also uh, trying to get people uh, to uh, go and vote. So um, I'm excited about this from a, oh, yeah. uh, a using gaming in a positive light. Um, and B, uh, you know, it, it's refreshing to see uh, politicians. Uh, and obviously, we know AOC is not your typical politician. Obviously, she you know works as a waitress, and she's she knows what working people go through, and and things like that. Um, and it seems to be more down to earth than some of the other ones that have been in Congress for you know 50 years. Um, but to see people engaging constituents and engaging people on a very real level and encouraging voting, while also appealing to their interests. Um, I, I, I would I would say that of those 435,000, I would say not all of them were people that follow her political views either. 
Um, but I think this is a really cool thing, uh, really awesome uh, to get uh, some eyes on a pretty cool game. Uh, you and I have discussed this. We haven't played it, uh, but we might have to now uh, that, you know, city members of Congress are playing it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Sandy? So I think it's really interesting. You know, I was reading that, you know, the, the concurrent viewers that she had, that makes her stream one of the 20 most watched streams in Twitch history. So this isn't just like, oh, that day she had really good viewership. Like, no, like in Twitch history. And I think that's pretty amazing. You know, yeah. this isn't really about what your political party is, what your beliefs are, what the main purpose of this was. Hey, it doesn't matter who you're voting for. Get out there and exercise your right as a citizen to vote. And that is the important thing that she was doing here. And you know what? The big takeaway for me is I remember being a gamer when I was younger. I've been a gamer since I was three years old and I had the NES. You know, it's yeah, been same. it's been a long time. And we since Columbine, since the, the tragedy that happened at Columbine so many years ago, it was it was I can't, I can't even remember, like early two thousands, late nineties, mid nineties when this I happened. I wanna say that was ninety eight or ninety nine. I, I, I can't remember exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you know, when that happened, the first thing was, okay, who can we who can we blame for this? Who do we who can we point the fingers to? And the first victims of that were okay, no, not victims, because of course we don't want to get into that, but right. the first fingers that were pointed at like, hey, violent shooting video games. And it's like, no, video games actually make us it, it it doesn't do that to us. Video games are not the cause for, you know, mass shooters. So back right. then, you know, we had this big stigma on on gaming that it was bad that your kids shouldn't play video games that no parents should be should be letting their kids have access to these types of games because it's, it's going to turn them into shooters it's going to turn them into criminals it's going to turn them into sinners this and that you know the religion right, yeah. community came in and it was just like my i remember my my grandmother didn't want me playing video games for a while after that happened you know and and that was a, a real thing and i was like no i'm like i'm just I'm playing Nintendo games here. Please let me play my cute little video game, you know? Yeah, listen. Okay, I promise I won't jump on any turtles at school, okay? Like, <laughs> I promise I won't, I won't throw bananas at other people <laughs> while I'm pretending to, I don't know, whatever. But, you know, this is really cool to see. She, she understands, you know, she's a millennial like us. She's 31 years old. She says, hey, we need one of the, one of the people that, one of the main groups, in our country that, that they're, they're not voting out there are younger younger people, you know, millennials yeah. and, and Generation C. They, they, we have a vote. As soon as we turn 18, we have the right to vote. And like, and like I said before, it doesn't matter who you vote for, it's just exercising that right to vote. It's so important to show that we are the ones who get to decide how the future of our country goes and not someone else making those decisions for us. So as long as we can get people to, to turn out and vote, that is the important part there. And I feel like that is what they accomplished here by reaching a, a, a huge part of that community through their Twitch stream and also getting eyes on Among Us, which brings us, I guess, to the next topic, this game that you and I have not played. I literally just found out before I got on this call. I thought this game was brand new, but apparently it's been out for a couple of years now. I had no idea. I don't even know yeah. how this game became so popular. All I know is that all over Facebook and Twitter, I just see people talk about it, and I was like, "What the hell is Among Us?" <laughs> so we gotta play this game, Josh. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, I mean, it's it's on iOS, it's on you know, it's on I, I think everything. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Among Us, you can go on the iOS store and actually you can get a free version of it. So, um, it's only definitely, like five bucks. Uh, it's free on iOS. So, oh, shit. Um, okay. yeah, I mean, obviously it's probably a little bit of a different, uh, gameplay feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, we might have to play it this next week, Sandy. And then, uh, uh, you know, my, my soon to be brother-in-law, uh, he plays it. Uh, so we'll have, maybe uh, Saturday he'll give us some tips. Uh, before we start watching Bound for Glory, we might have to get into some among us. Um, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So, um, but, you know, and the last thing we want to leave you with, we always, uh, you know, want to make sure that if you guys are looking for something to play that you know the best uh, place to get them, uh, the best sales going on. Uh, and so for uh, this week, we're going to highlight uh, Epic Games has a Halloween sale going on right now. Um, if you're not familiar with the Epic Games Store, definitely check it out. Um, a lot of really good titles. Uh, on here, of course, uh, if you didn't get the chance to play Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which I paid full price for that game, which kind of stinks because it got on sale like immediately, uh, as <laughs> does a lot of EA Star Wars games, right? Um, but uh, Fallen Order right now is fifty uh, percent off at twenty nine ninety nine on there. Um, you got Borderlands Three is on sale for twenty nine ninety nine on there, um, and also really good game. Uh, I may have mentioned it briefly on the podcast before. Uh, but especially if you're looking for that spooky kind of psychological, almost horror thriller game, uh, the game Control, uh, the ultimate edition of that is on sale for just $28 on the Epic Game Store. I can't recommend that game enough. Um, I think it did win the like Polygon uh, Shooter Game of the Year when it came out in 2019. Um, so definitely check out that game. Uh, tons of other stuff. Grand Theft Auto V is 15 bucks. Uh, the new game uh, that's well, it's new now to a whole new audience because it released on Switch. Uh, but Hades uh, is definitely a game to check out on there. That's on sale for twenty bucks. Um, so uh, tons of really good stuff. Um, Death Stranding. Did you ever play Death Stranding? I didn't play that one. I saw that that's on the sale too. Um, yeah, thirty percent off. Normally sixty. It's down to forty one ninety nine. My friend David, who is a huge wrestling fan video game fan, MMA fan. I mean, this guy's brain holds all the information. Like, I wish I could sit down with him and just, like, pick his brain because, man, he sure. is knowledgeable. And he really enjoyed this game. He had some, he had some, not complaints, but he had some things about it that weren't perfect. But he overall really enjoyed this game and actually might be picking this one up. Uh, it has Norman Reedus. This is one of the big uh, Kojima production games that were teased for a while at E3. And... God, I think it was delayed for a while and nobody knew what the hell was really going on with it. And it was finally out. And I, I don't I don't think it lived to the hype that it had behind it, especially right. with, you know, such a big name of Norman Reedus being the actor of it and being a, a brand new IP, a brand new IPs in video games. They're so hard for them to take off because, I mean, if the story, if something just isn't clicking with the audience, it's very hard for them to be successful. That's why I am such a fan of, of new IPs that are able to try something new. And even though it's risky, even though it's not a safe bet to say, hey, you know what, this is a, a known game. People are going to buy this because it's known. Um, I really do admire whenever they try to put a new idea out. And, and 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 try their their luck, their fate, and see how it goes. And I feel like that's what uh, Kojima did with Best Stranding. So I actually do want to check that one out myself. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it was uh, unbelievably hyped, and it, people waited a long time for it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, mixed reviews. Uh, I have a, 
a couple of friends that absolutely love it um, and have played it for hours and hours and hours. I never picked it up uh, because I didn't want to pay full price for it. Uh, I seldom do that um, unless it's something that really jumps out at me. So I might have to check it out. Uh, but I just just to point out a couple of games because uh, they've been mentioned previously on the podcast. Uh, the Telltale Batman series uh, is on sale for twenty two forty nine. And then also a game that you've brought up uh, as one of your favorites, uh, Thimbleweed Park, is on sale for $7.99. Uh, so 60% that off on that made, one. Yes, that is made by uh, Ron Gilbert, if I'm not mistaken, who made uh, Maniac Mansion. So it's that point-and-click adventure game. Definitely check it out. It, it gives you some laughs. It's oh, I, I freaking love that type of <laughs> game title. Right. And also, as you mentioned, Telltale Games. The Wolf Among Us is on there on sale for just eleven twenty four. That game was a beautiful game. So I think this is the one that came out after their successful The Walking Dead series, which is also on here on sale. So yep, if you is. haven't played it, definitely check that one out. It is such a great story. The graphics are absolutely beautiful. Telltale Games here, this is the, the prime with The Walking Dead, the Batman series, The Wolf Among Us being a brand new story. Definitely check it out. Yeah, and uh, I'll point out too, uh, since you know, we are coming up on Halloween, uh, that the RPG Costume Quest is on sale there uh, for $2.49. Uh, it's a pretty fun one. And then I believe they actually have, uh, for a limited time here on Epic Games, um, the Costume Quest 2, so the sequel, uh, is actually free now uh, through October 29th. Uh, so for $2.50... You can get two uh, pretty good uh, cartoon-style uh, Halloween-based uh, RPGs. Um, so, that being said, uh, that hits kind of uh, all the news items that we wanted to cover. We talked a lot about Impact Wrestling. Um, and what's this is really important, Sandy. We did not have internet issues this week. Oh, I am so sorry, you guys, for our last episode. It may have been a little bit of a struggle. Hopefully, you guys didn't notice too much. Josh put a lot of work and effort into making sure that episode sounded as clean as it possibly could. We were just struggling, both Josh and I, with our internet connection. Damn you, Spectrum Networks. Yeah, I think <laughs> you know, like today has been a smooth stream. Yeah, super smooth. No lagging. Uh, you, know, we're, you know, we're talking back and forth as if we're in the same room. Um, which is uh, like kind of shocking. Um, and I know I'm you know, probably, you know, hey, knock on wood as we're wrapping up here that we don't cut out and have to do some things. Um, but yeah, listen, I, 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 I'm not a sound engineer. I'm not a podcast engineer by, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we do this for fun um, and we're, we're happy to do it uh, each week because I think honestly, we just enjoy talking to each other anyways about wrestling. Um, and the fact that any of you would listen uh, makes it that much better. So we want to make sure it sounds as good as possible for everyone involved. Um, oh my so, gosh, yeah. but hopefully, uh, I can do, I can edit this one a lot quicker. <laughs> I think I so. I think it'll be smooth, Josh. <laughs> I think I could just plug and play our audio track here. Uh, this is the first time I haven't had to stop our audio track and have to mesh together two audio tracks. This is one continuous audio track, uh, which is awesome. Um, so this is like um, my favorite episode. <laughs> I'm, I, it's been pretty fun. It's been pretty good. We've had some, some great conversation. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Um, definitely make sure that you check out uh, our back catalog. I'm going to start saying that we have a back catalog now uh, because, uh, listen, we got 10 episodes already in the can. This is episode number 11. Definitely go back and check us out. Um, oh, and then yeah. also, I mean, we get, we've got great topics. We've talked about Zelda. We've talked about Tony Hawk. 
point and click adventures, go go back and listen to those. Um, and then uh, also speaking of the back catalog, Josh, if you want me jumping in here, I have yes, some stuff ahead. to get off my chest. Uh oh. So you guys, so <laughs> Josh is like, oh no, she's gonna quit. This is it. Our eleventh and last episode. <laughs> it was a fun eleven. No, it just... was. <laughs> no. So speaking of the back catalog. Josh, our last episode, we discussed about Resident Evil. Oh, yes, of course. I teased this up front, and I forgot all about it. Please continue. <laughs> How dare you? So we talked about, like, pretty in-depth about Resident Evil. You know, the beginnings, the cultural impact, all the games, the good, the bad, you know, what we actually played, what we didn't play. I haven't played a lot of it, to be honest, you know. I played a little bit. I'm not, I was actually really big chicken growing up playing those horror games. And sure. I'm an only child. I'm pretty introverted. So when it came to video games, like they, it was my outlet just because I was not a very social girl growing up. And so to me, video games were the way that I interact and the way that I played. Um, because I didn't really like to go to other people's houses and just have just be too social. So, I mean, you think introvert, you think, oh, they play video games. And that's exactly what it was. And being an only child, like, of course. So I listened back to the episode and I I was like, oh, my gosh, I really, I was, you know, when I was talking about Resident Evil, I remember just talking back on, on the games that I had actually played. And most of them I didn't even get to finish just because I was so scared. And I felt like I needed to have another person there with me to help me through the game. So that was one aspect of it. And also, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was actually in that, I don't know if it's a majority or minority of people that like when they play Resident Evil, they think, oh, you know, it's the same story over and over where there's a zombie type of outbreak and then you just shoot zombies and then that's it. Right. So I actually want to say, I actually, I fell into that category, whether it's the minority or majority. But listen, after, I, I actually felt like one of, the people that listen to this podcast, you know, what we try to do is make sure that people, you know, check out Impact or check out these video games that we love or don't check out the video games that we hate. Right. <laughs> I kind of caught myself as like a listener. It's like, you know what? Maybe I need to get more into Resident Evil. And that's what I did. So I actually found a super fan online that spent over a decade putting this mythology for Resident Evil together. And holy shit, Josh, I don't know if you've checked it out before, but I wanted to know like the chronological order of all the video games and not just the video games, but the order of the events that happened. So to me, that lore is so important when I fall in love with a video game. And that's yeah. why Zelda has captivated me because man, there's so many tiny details that make up this larger storyline of mm -hmm. everything that happens throughout the years and throughout these video games. So that's what I did with Resident Evil. And I don't have the link on me right now, but if you do a quick Google search, you can easily find it. This super fan got tired of people like me that were just like, oh, this is just a dumb zombie game and it's just boo and scary. And then that's it. There's no story. Man, was I wrong. He put up thousands of pages online. Like I said, it took over a decade for him to put together, breaking down the exact timeline. Not only that, but he was able to give details on every single uh, villain, every single character, every single weapon. You know, the weapons he was able to say, okay, this is the name. This is what it done. This is its weakness. This is its power. This is who it's effective against. This is who it's not effective against. Like, right. details. 
And I spent an ungodly amount of hours <laughs> reading this shit. I kid you not. Like it was as soon as I woke up, when I lay down to go to bed in the middle of the day while I was working, like I was I reading this nonstop. Like I went into a freaking <laughs> dark hole of Resident Evil. And let me tell you, anyone who thinks there's no storyline there, completely wrong. This game is freaking involved and i am so glad i took the time to really get into and learn the storyline and and go more just above you know playing the game and just kind of reading the little diaries and the notes that they put on there for you the makers of the game put so much effort into into providing those details for us for us to kind of piece the puzzle together and i never really did that with that game so i feel like i made my redemption as a resident evil kind of fan <laughs> from there before and now i'm like fully invested so not only that but i went back and i finished resident evil 7 <laughs> nice very nice so I'm all cut up and of course i watched the uh, village trailer so i'm very excited uh hopefully you guys saw it when we mentioned it last week chris redfield uh makes a return as we saw in the trailer and spoilers don't listen to this if you haven't seen the trailer but you saw the trailer right josh I did, yeah. He shoots Mia in the face right in front of Ethan Winters. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's bonkers. He saved them. Oh, you gotta you gotta play Resident Evil Seven. I forgot you haven't watched it yet. No, no, oh, it's still, I, I I'm I'm not. You can't spoil me on Seven. You're it's okay. Okay, <laughs> you have to play though. That game is absolutely just beautiful. Like once I played it all the way through. I had some problems getting through freaking Marjorie when she turns into this giant spider beetle, crazy infected thing. Like she just completely whooped my ass. I had to get Logan to help me because I don't like being chased. <laughs> so to me, like that's one of the big things. Like in real life, it, I if I go to sure. like Universal Studios for Horror Nights and somebody's chasing me, like I am freaking out of there. I run so fast. I hate the feeling of being chased. <laughs> that was so huge for me why I didn't freaking like that game and I had to stop to begin with. But sure. I beat it through. I beat it. I know the storyline. I'm all caught up. You guys, Resident Evil freaking rules. And I'm like number one fan and I have to continue reading this man's decade-long journey into writing the whole mythology. <laughs> well, and you're going to have to go back now, Sandy, and play you know, the 30 games that came before Resident Evil 7, oh too. I want to. I want you so bad. I, I don't know how to get my hands on them. I have the Resident Evil 2 remake, which I have to go back and beat because I quit after, I quit after uh, Tyrant. <laughs> after Tyrant yeah. freaking started chasing me, and I just I, I can't fucking handle being chased, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Nemesis, Nemesis in 3 was like just that, – that wasn't a game feature that I really enjoyed uh, about that game. Um but the the remake looks awesome. I mean, we talked about this obviously last week, but but definitely, uh, you know, if you didn't finish, you know, and not just if you didn't finish Resident Evil, uh, if you got games out there that you didn't finish, go back and finish them. You know, complete the task. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have me too. so many on my 360 it. that are still in the in the wrap in the wrapping, like the plastic thing, and I didn't even get to open the case, like. I had terrible game ADD back then, so hopefully I can go back and revisit some games. <laughs> I'm sure that you will, and, and I'm sure that I will probably at some point finish some other ones. Um, you know, 
Uh, I'm still plugging along uh, when I can on Final Fantasy 14. That's what I played this week. Uh, so nothing new to report there. Uh, you know, still plugging along. Uh, you know, week two, maybe week three now on it. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, I I'll report something new. I'll play something else uh, for next week. I'm sure. Uh, next week, uh, of course, will be our uh, quote unquote go home podcast for Halloween. Uh, so we might have a special uh, game topic uh, to discuss with you guys. Um, and then, of course, we'll talk about uh, what happens at Bound for Glory uh, and, of course, the fallout uh, of next week's impact from that. Um, so uh, with that said, uh, you know, this is, of course, the 8-Bit Suplex on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Make sure you do go and check out our entire family of shows, uh, including Keeping It Strong Style, the Ace of Podcasts, One Nation Radio, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, All Things Elite. Uh, the Grave Consequences podcast uh, and uh, Grown Men Watch This Shit uh, is also back. Um, I so, love that name. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And you know what? And they 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 cover things that the rest of us don't cover. So uh, I think they came back uh, with um, the uh, the Noah tournament that's happening right now. So uh, definitely go check them out. Uh, check out our uh, tea store on slash social suplex. Uh, check us out on social media at Twitter. We are at 8 Suplex. Sandy is at Sailor Zelda. And then on Instagram, you're at Sandy Gaviria, right? Correct. I that... need to change that. I need help, though. But we'll talk about that later. Oh, don't <laughs> ask me. I Anything outside of Facebook, I basically suck at. I, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I, I, I am almost a boomer when it comes to social media. Uh, but I'm a little bit better. I'm a little bit better. A little bit better. Uh, I am still, um, thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, but yeah, definitely check us out. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Laughlin underscore Joshua, because when I made the handle, I didn't know what I was doing. So my full last name, McLaughlin, is not on there. Um, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I think it's maybe at jmacpp5, um, which is a reference to uh, high school baseball uh, at the end of jmac there. Uh, because I made it back in high school uh, when I was playing high school baseball. So that being said, I got nothing else to, to say. Sandy, you got anything else you want to add? Check out The Gifted online. I don't know their social media handles, but like I said, they are up and coming. Keep your eyes on them. If you Google them on uh, Google them on YouTube, if you try to find them on YouTube, <laughs> they have lots of matches on there. Uh, definitely check them out. Like I said, Impact, if you're listening, they are uh, non-contracted tag team pro wrestlers, and they're great. <laughs> there you and go. And Liana De Los Santos, she's making her re-debut coming soon. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you know, listen, whenever that happens, you know I'll be there. Um, Yay. And it'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, signing off, uh, as always. Make sure to uh, tape your waiters and waitresses, especially uh, in this these pandemic times. Uh, the most random thing I've heard out of this uh, eleven episode project we have going on, but listen, I it's just it. hit me, man. I, you know, I feel like you know <laughs> waiters and waitresses right now are they're they're really stressed. Yeah, you know? they got people breathing I, around them and coughing around them, I, and so listen, even if the service isn't what you expect it to be, which really yeah. you shouldn't expect anything. Tip, tip, tip. Make sure that they, because listen, man, they, especially now they're not getting that extra, they're not getting that extra unemployment now or whatever if they get laid off. So let's just make sure that we're taking care of people, all right? Uh, wear your mask, wash your hands, 
wash your ass, as James likes to say, um, and uh, just take <laughs> care of everyone, right? So uh, without further ado, uh, I'm Josh. I'm Sandy. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Can't wait to uh, talk to you guys next week. And as always, if you want to hear a specific game topic, reach out to us. Shoot us a DM, shoot us a tweet, whatever you want to do, shoot us an email. We are here for you. And if you want to he- hear us talk about a video game that you love, whether we've played it or not, hey, we'll play it for you. Just let us know. Yeah, as long as that game won't cost us $60 to play it for the episode. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice. <laughs> well, that's a commitment Sandy's willing to make because she doesn't have children, at least not that I know of. Um, so <laughs> without further ado. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, who would have children? Uh, uh, anyways. Woof. Um, yeah, I know. Again, another visual gag for the listeners at home as we're signing off. Oh, uh, Sandy was, of course, pointing at me. Um, but this is probably our longest sign off yet. And I'm going to end it right oh now. So uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.